Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in to Nick's Mail.Bag, presented by the Strickland, and by all of you on Patreon, which I'll get to in just a moment, and by our good friends at DraftKings, which I'll get to later in the show. Uh, I am Alex Wolf. I, you might know me as the editor and chief of the Strickland, and also as the host of the Locked on Nick's podcast, and I am joined by only one of my co-hosts. For reasons that we'll get into in just a moment. I'm saying I'm going to get into a lot of things in just a moment. Uh, but I'm joined by Zachary Wackery Delizio himself. Zach, how are you doing today? I'm great, man. Other than sounding like a a show, a character from a children's show. Zachary Wackery. Like, that's some Teletubby shit. <laughs> Zachary Wackery. Zachary Wackery is definitely the fifth Teletubby. Actually, did you watch um, The Good Place? Yes. Great show. It reminds me of Jeremy Baramy. Uh, is it weird that I don't even remember that? That was like oh, the oh no. the whole Jeremy <laughs> Baramy was like they in the good place or the bad place or whichever place they were in at that particular moment. They were like, oh, you can um, like chart how like time and existence works by like a, a linear like progression or whatever. And when you look at it, it spells out Jeremy Baramy in cursive and like a giant like circle. I literally do not remember that at all. That's not even that's not even like a oh yeah, like I just don't and I've watched the show. Like, and the they reference thing. it like it's not even just a one off. They reference that like at least twenty times on the Listen, bro, I'm not gonna try to explain how my brain works. Okay. <laughs> this, this happens all the time. It's crazy. Well, I don't need proof that you watch the show at some point. What's your uh what was the main character's name? Uh which wait, um uh Kristen Bell? I don't yeah. remember her name. Oh I my god. Kristen Bell. Name any um, character from the show. Uh, like a name? Yes. Oh, Cheaty, Cheaty, of course. There you go. Okay, Cheaty. Yeah, All right, you got it. All right, I believe I you one. now. I got one. <laughs> <laughs> you got one character name. Congratulations. Yeah, I know. It was a long time ago. Okay. Uh, well, we are not joined by our buddy. Uh, I'm only going to say his name incorrect today just to piss him off. By our buddy, uh, Matt Weiss, today. We're not joined by him. Uh, Where is we, he? Did you talk to him? 
Yeah. So uh, what I heard was that he had a a little a little strange sensation going on, and uh, he decided to go to the doctor. And what, a strange. Did he give you anything more specific than that, or just a strange sensation? Well, hopefully this isn't a HIPAA violation, but you know, there's like a little little itching and 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 some sort of something something else going on down there and uh, he got told that he is syphilis by the doctor um so matt being an active dating man has a lot of phone calls to make tonight so um that's going to take him uh, away from the pod today so no in reality he I think, run that pod just record all his conversations and run that instead that would be hilarious if it was actually happening but <laughs> That was, of course, all a lie. Matt just wasn't feeling well for oh, from over the weekend. Alex, you don't need to say that. Anyone. I feel bad if we say that and then don't <laughs> immediately be like, no, Matt doesn't have syphilis. You never even going to listen. You had it. It was right there. I know. I mean, I could have just left it, but that's that's the type of guy you are versus the type of guy I am. Okay? I just call you that. I set you up so beautifully, Alex. What do you? Oh, did you talk to him? What? I know, and like we pulled it off, but then I, I, felt, I don't want to make everybody think he has syphilis. I did the best I could. You did do the best you could. I appreciate it. Uh, you always do the best you can. Good job, wow. buddy. Oh, this is okay. I'll take it. <laughs> all right. Anyway, um, all right. So, quick reminder that you can support the Strickland on Patreon. This pod is, of course, available for free in your feeds uh, in its entirety, but we have couple other pods that are not available in their entirety for free on your feed, that being Pod Strickland Friday Edition and the other Nixmail.bag, which is hosted by Drew Steele, uh, often with Dallas Amico and others that come on and co-host that with him. So if you want to get those, along with some other goodies like the Strickland Discord, which probably good to get in on before Twitter eventually dies it's not dying quite the swift death that everybody thought but it will die soon enough uh i feel pretty confident in that so you know once twitter dies make sure you're in the strickland discord which you could do in our six dollar tier uh you can also up to a nine dollar tier in which case you get exclusive articles from matthew miranda jeff rasmussen uh jack huntley and others and uh you also get access to the stricken roll podcast with schwinn which is schwinn's bi-weekly uh, podcast that he does, which is a solo show where he talks either basketball or other things with usually at least one guest, sometimes multiple guests. And then we have other tiers ranging anywhere from 15 to obscene amounts of money. Uh, if you really want to support us, we super support it or, or support it, super appreciate it and support it, I guess. And uh, you could do so. And it comes with all kinds of other great benefits like uh, a free yearly t-shirt and uh, you could potentially host a pod or be a guest on a pod or get a, ex- if you go the highest tier possible, an exclusive piece of Strickland merch made just for you, uh, all kinds of stuff like that. So there's all kinds of great things available. If you decide to support us on Patreon, that is at patreon.com slash the Strickland. So definitely check that out, please. And without further ado, then I'll bring us into our questions here, Zach. So, We'll see how this goes. We don't have our usual three opinions, so this means there's not going to be any checks and balances here. It's just going to be you versus versus me, and, and oh, that's it. Baby. This is like this is like if the elves in Rings of Power decides to only create two rings. You know, oh shit! Two rings creates division. Three rings creates balance. You know, oh, ooh, ooh, so, good lead in. Oh, 
Yeah, so lots of lots of division coming. I'm sure that it's just still going to be us just going. I agree and <laughs> calling it a day. <laughs> the, the pod, we're changing the name of the podcast to I agree. I agree. I agree. The podcast. <laughs> that sounds like something that would be on Rick and Morty or something. Yeah, uh, which we don't have Matt here, so he and I can have a Rick and Morty back and forth. I'm so yeah. I'm not going to try that. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want to really be Morty. <laughs> can I hear your Morty? Oh, oh no. Come on. No, there is no planet in which that's happening. All right, fine. Will you do Rick? Oh, no. No, I won't. I won't get any impressions, bro. Uh, This is is on the internet. I know better. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, anyway, we'll get into the questions. Our first question comes to us from our Strickland Discord, the aforementioned Strickland Discord. Lots of questions from this guy this week. Uh, He had had a lot to talk about, so we'll... Uh, we'll hear from Mr. Jax365 more after this. Uh, Jax365, I don't get this at all. I haven't been in the Discord enough lately. I was going to say, dude, do you, do you know where this is going? Bro? Like, the, the Not at all. <laughs> Jax365's name is currently Jax365 Pablo Escobar Hippos. I, I don't get it. I'm going to just go Jax365. First name only after this. Uh, <laughs> first question, should the Knicks bring Uncle Steve Nash to help RJ and the other young players? Um, Zach, I'm going to follow, I'm going <laughs> to add a follow up to this question. Is there any proof that Steve Nash is good at developing players? Uh, I mean, I get, mm, I guess not really, but he also hasn't really had an opportunity. Um, <clears throat> he's obviously close with RJ. So if you reach a little bit, you could say that RJ being even who he is now, which admittedly has been like kind of shitty in the last two weeks or so uh he always got him here so that's something uh other than that i mean i don't really know he seems like a nice guy he's a smart basketball mind so i don't think it's an unfair assumption that he has plenty of knowledge to pass on but that as i'm sure everyone knows that doesn't always mean that someone is a good teacher yeah i I don't know. I mean, I guess I don't see the harm in it if they were to bring him in, if he wanted to come in and just like an advisor role. Um, maybe it would be a good idea to bring him in if, say, Tibbs gets fired and you elevate Well, I was going to say, the only downside would be that it immediately paints the target on Tibbs. Like, I mean, that's like a complete undermining move, right? Well, I don't really <laughs> think the idea. Undermining. Yeah, I think the idea would be to bring him in as more of a consultant. Yeah, if they did like like he did with the Warriors, right? They, they literally did that with with Nash, right? I think so. Yeah, I think they had Nash coming in that capacity. Before he was the head coach. Of yeah, and, and I think that that would be wise to do. Maybe I mean I I don't yeah. think Steve Nash is too eager to be a head coach again. <laughs> if yeah. I'm being honest. Oh yeah, if you're Steve Nash, you're like in the Bahamas for two months, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> minimum. Why would, yeah, why would you do anything? <laughs> Just get out of there so but like but if they were to bring him in i mean yeah it's tough to get a read on how good he actually is at developing players because he didn't really have too many young players to work with in right. brooklyn I mean, Bruce brown look good there he's not that young though i mean it's yeah. something I, I don't know cam thomas <laughs> cam thomas it's cam thomas time yeah, I mean, Cam Thomas kind of just is who he is still. Like, yeah, exactly. It's literally he's the exact same person every single time. Nick Claxton, maybe he's not very good. Yeah, I mean, he's whatever. 
Yeah, but really, he was brought there to manage a couple head cases and mm-hmm. failed because they're yeah, head which cases. I'm not sure anyone would have succeeded, to be mm-hmm. honest. Exactly. Yeah. So he was kind of like just like a preordained lame duck. So, yep. yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think if he was interested and he wants to come in and just be a consultant, I mean, I would keep it behind the scenes, though, because like you said, you don't want to create a big fuss. Yeah, I agree. You, you don't want to have it be like a a whole distraction or anything of like, I, I oh, wait, anything to get RJ to pass the ball into the fucking rim. So, you know, Uncle Steve might be able to do something about that. Uncle Steve could definitely be like, yo, be like quickly or Brunson and do the me dribble more often uh, under the hoop and, and kick it mm-hmm. out to people. Um, the Nash dribble, of course, which is the move where you make like a nice little you at the the bottom of the paint and kind of like dribble your way down there, see if there's anything and then bring it back out. If there is nothing and look for something else to uh, turn into a play. So yeah, I, I think my general consensus would be go for it, but keep him out of the spotlight or at least keep him like in the practice facility. Don't put him on the bench. I think, I think that would be, yeah, don't cool. let him leave either. Like just keep him in the locker room the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, just keep him keep him in the building. Keep him in MSG in the in the secret in bunker. Chain, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I'm just saying it's an idea. It's an idea. All right. Next question. Also from Jax365. Uh Zach, this one's just for you. <laughs> How much more of this will it take? This meaning Julius Randall's play, I think. Uh will it take before Wack admits he was wrong about Randall and fully bends the knee? People don't forget. I love the inclusion of people don't forget because that's one of my favorite lines from that movie. You know what movie it's from, right? Come on, Alex. Wait, this is a movie quote? Are you fucking kidding me? After that entire setup I just went through. It's from Superbad, bro. When he runs by, when Dave Franco runs by, and he's like, what What, what are you doing, Seth? Oh, like, yeah. Shit. Or <laughs> yeah okay i had forgotten about that i haven't watched that movie in a minute so you're wrong you should do that i should it's watch funny. it again i love that actually movie. of all those like judd apatow comedies that one aged the best mm-hmm. really. uh, i guess it's not weird because it's kind of like the only one that's sort of genuine in some ways but whatever i don't want to get uh, that movie also that movie made like like m- Saying I love you to your friends, cool. Like, yeah, yeah that's what I mean. It's just like a jet. Like the other ones are like stupid. Like, oh, a four-year-old version, great, cool. That movie did not age well, by the way. Yeah, like, really, really, really poorly in a lot of ways. Uh, but it's just like, oh, it's funny because he's the virgin. Then he falls in love. Yay, boring. No, <laughs> I want high school bromance. If they don't even know it's a bromance because they're in high school, it's adorable. Well, and you think it's something different all the way up to the end when you realize, no, this is really just about like their beautiful friendship this whole time. Yeah. yeah. It's not about them trying to get laid or drunk or whatever. It's just Although it also was. <laughs> it was also about that. But in it the did end, end on that, not the well, actually it ended with them at the mall and so no, whatever. What's okay. Well how long will I admit I was wrong? I don't remember exactly what I said. <laughs> so that's always the thing. Like you know, I don't even hear myself. I just speak. And I never listened to it, and I don't remember what I said. Um, where I'm at on Randall right now is I still don't really even. I, I think if I think there's a lot of places to point for blame. Number one, if we're talking about why the team is where they are, 
but even before going into that, I do also want to point out this team is 500, basically. So I know it feels bad. Me and Alex were talking about this before the show. And in some ways, it, it, it feels bad, but they also had a five-game West Coast road trip uh, recently that went okay. And, like, R.J. Barrett has sucked. R.J. might be worse than Randall. Actually, I don't even think that's necessarily a hot take at this point. R.J.'s been, like, mostly dog shit this season. So if we're assigning blame, I think R.J. is at, – at least there's a conversation as to who deserves more blame between Randall and R.J., Right. Brunson's the one playing his ass off. Uh, we've had injuries. Grimes and Cam finally getting those guys back. And Cam has been good. Grimes is just getting back into the swing of things. Like, inj- there's a lot to go around. Mitch has been kind of shit also. I have not enjoyed watching him play this season. Um, so my point is really that, like, uh, I, I would need to be quoted number one on my own take on Randall. I don't even think he's been that bad. I really don't. I, I think it's – he hasn't been good, uh, of course. I don't think he's like this team-sinking force of suck that – like, I, I don't know. People hyper-focus on his mistakes, which is totally fair. He's a polarizing player, and this is what we do. But it reminds me a lot of Carmelo. Like, this is exactly what we do with Carmelo. Same fucking thing. And, like, Carmelo, uh, until he leaves, everyone, then once he leaves, they're like, oh, we didn't appreciate him. Like, yeah, no fucking shit. Look around. Like, what do you, what do you expect Julius Randle to be doing here? Playing defense? Yes. Yes, absolutely. But he does also sometimes do that. He does. People don't want to give him credit when he does it. Fine. He should be doing it all the time. Fine. In the end, I just uh, I just don't fucking care, to be honest. Like, <laughs> I feel bad for Julius Randle. I'm going to be real. I feel terrible for him. This poor guy, like, he'll get shit no matter what. He would need to have a, what was it, 2021? Uh, was that the fucking, see, is that the season, the pandemic season? He needed to do that shit again before people would, uh, and he needed to do it for a full season before people start uh, treating him like a normal person, which he's not, but. <laughs> All right. Well, that was good. I think that was a good answer. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much there with you. I mean, look, I think that we've seen the best and the worst of Randall so far this year. And I think that he largely probably just realizes, like, I'm not long for this team. You know, so some nights he's trying to build up the game tape and other nights he's like, I don't really give a shit about being here right now, which is not great, but it's fine. I don't know. Yeah, I, I know this is like your question, but that's kind of where I'm at on Randall. No, too. no, no. Like, I want to hear your take on it too, because sometimes I feel like I'm losing my mind. Like I feel like I'm being collectively gaslit. You know what I mean? Like, I, like I'll be, I'll be watching a game, and I will not be looking at Twitter or any live chats or anything like that. And I'll be like, okay, I mean, that was a bad Randall play, but he had like two or three nice plays before. You know, okay, that was dumb, but uh, it's fine. And then I get on and people are losing their fucking minds. You know what I mean? So I feel like I'm on a completely different page. And listen, I'm not going back and rewatching these games. Some people are. I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to be real. I don't care that much anymore. Um, but, you know, I, I mean, I watch pretty closely when I'm watching the games. And, and, like, he's a problem. Don't get me wrong, but he's a problem. I would not say he's the problem. I think there's a couple of pretty big problems on this team right now. Yeah, I just I think the perfect way to like like demonstrate where you, what you just said is we met up. So our buddy from across the pond, Jack Huntley, was in 
Shout out a few, Jack. A few weeks ago, and you and me and Matt met with him uh, at a bar to watch the the Knicks Nets game, and like that was the game where the Knicks just got fucking whomped, and it was terrible. But Randall had like. 28 points or something or like 30 points and he hit like five threes in the first quarter the only one doing anything in that game yeah like on offense he was the only guy that could score and we were sitting there and we were literally saying like man i don't really see a huge problem with randall right now because he's scoring and that's what he needs to do and like we we noticed a few defensive lapses from him and whatever but we were like this motherfucker has like 15 points in the first quarter like they would not be in this game without him. Like they only have like 22 points themselves. Right. Like, (laughs) and people forget that scoring is the most difficult part of an NBA game. Like that's easy to take for granted because the scores get very high, but if you don't have a good score, you're fucked. Exactly. Yes. Well, guess who the Knicks do not have. I mean, well, they have uh, Bronson and that's it. Yeah. And so, and I just remember we, (laughs) We were literally saying while we were sitting there, we're like, you know, I don't have a problem with how Julius is playing right now, but I guarantee you, like Twitter, our Discord, like anywhere with people talking about this game, it's probably all just people being like, God damn it, fuck Randall. I hate him. He's playing so bad, blah, blah, blah. Like he's definitely he's he's been scapegoated a bit. I think it's because people realize that he's probably one foot out the door at yeah. this point. <laughs> It's an easy scapegoat, and it makes sense. Like again, I don't think either of us are saying he's been good. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's I think just he deserved. That. I think he deserved the level of scoring that he still gets more last year. Yeah, and it's carried it's over exactly. the this year and it's, never gone I away. I think people, there's like this. The thing is, it always becomes this back and forth. It's really fascinating because people get dunked on for having any being on either side of this debate. Right, you just get dunked on eventually. This is what happens, and you start getting entrenched in it. So you end up like people Randall has a good game and people just don't want to admit it. It's like we can admit he had a good game, guys. Like sometimes he has a bad game. I watch him and I'm like, Jesus Christ, Julius, what the fuck are you doing? All the time. All the time. <laughs> he still infuriates me, but I have noticed a clear difference. Like he's clearly playing off Brunson. I don't know how people cannot like like the whole thing before we started this year, the goalposts have moved, right? We were like, oh, we is Julius Randall gonna allow Jalen Brunson to take over the offense? Clearly, the answer is yes. Like, unquestionably, the answer is yes, right? It, it's not even close. He's playing more off the ball. Is he doing that perfectly? No. Is he defending as well as you want? No. But, again, we're moving to goalposts. And, like, he's trying in a certain sense to fit in, on a, at least on offense. And that does deserve some credit, guys. Like, <laughs> that's all. A little bit. This is This is not easy for people. You're asking people to, you know – this is their livelihood. This is what they spent their whole lives building to on a personal level. Like try to imagine that, you know, it's, a, it's easy to forget that they're people also. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I'll just make this the last point. Cause we can yeah, go for it. We're taking too long, but like the other thing is Randall is, he's definitely mailing it in on defense a lot this year, but so is RJ Barrett. And he's also not being penalized for it. And I don't think people point that out enough um, because of the, the the shield of armor of like, he's the next draft pick. He's 22 yeah. years old, whatever. Yeah. Um, he needs to start holding himself to like a higher standard. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, even Brunson for as great as he is on offense and as much as he's been a huge positive addition to the team. I mean, he sometimes sinks them on defense a bit too. Mm-hmm. So 
it's just not a great defensive team. And it's also you know, hard to play defense in the NBA. Like people, it's like, oh, just all you do is put an effort. That's like kind of true, but it's also not really. And it, it's also hard when you're constantly getting demoralized by the fact that your coach's scheme is to give up as many threes as humanly possible. Uh, yeah, especially when it doesn't make like I mean, yeah, that's what I mean. Is like then you have the Tibbs factor. You have yeah. you have all this other shit. And by the way, uh, I, I haven't watched every minute of every game, but Obi hasn't exactly been a world beater in the last couple weeks either. Like yeah. that really slowed down. Yeah, I mean, I I think it seems to me like the biggest problem right now is that Tibbs has basically lost the locker room, and that's been the biggest problem for me since like it, last yeah, year. It, that might be the right read on it, to be honest. Yeah. And like, so I don't think anything that any player on the court could do will make up for the fact that like they're clearly, I don't think they're super bought in on Tibbs anymore, regardless of what they might say in the media or if they say it in practice or whatever. Like, I just don't think they're bought in on him because they don't play hard on defense. And I don't think they believe in his scheme, which is essentially like, yeah, which makes sense. I mean, the, the scheme is we're going to defend the paint like no other, and we're going to leave the perimeter mostly open. And there's like, I think a a corner three or like two corner threes in a row in today's NBA is more backbreaking than a posterizing dunk. Like you give up two corner threes in a row or three three pointers in a row and all of a sudden see like a nice little 10 point lead that you scratched and clawed to build up gone in like 30 seconds. Yeah. There's like nothing more demoralizing in the NBA and Tibbs like sets this team up for that all the time. So um, anyway, I'm sure I don't, I don't know if we have any Tibbs questions, but if we do. We'll talk about that more in a minute. Yeah. Uh, but we'll get to our next question. This one comes to us from Twitter. And this is from Jordan Bub at Bub Jordan. Uh, if you had a chance to bring one of the current Knicks players on the pod and be reoccurring guests for the podcast, who would it be? That's, this is a Ooh. cool question. Who do you think? Current player. Oh, man. I actually want to say Jalen. I feel like Jalen's really insightful and uh, and seems to be like self-aware in more like in a way where assuming you could get like truthful answers, I feel like he'd be a person. Like I want to see his perspective on things. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, he's definitely on my short list. I think he's sometimes a little too diplomatic. Like, so I don't know I how much you would, honest answer component, but I, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. I don't know how much like you'd get, be able to squeeze out of him on a weekly basis. Yeah. Cause he's just so well-trained. So you're uh, going to say Mitch, right? Cause he would give up anything. <laughs> well, so, so yeah. So if I was making up a list, like I think Brunson is still top three guys oh. that I definitely wouldn't want. Like RJ, I like him, but he's so goddamn boring in interviews yeah. like he says nothing and like yeah. even when like you know that like clip that that the knicks uh, have turned into a commercial now where obi goes up and he's like hey this is obi Toppin coming here to ask you a question like what did you think about that sweet pass i threw you oh, and yeah, yeah. and rj still is just like stoic dead eyes <laughs> like oh i should have windmilled it yeah. <laughs> it's like exactly. dude yeah, yeah, exactly you are it's too like well trained. Rely, you got to rely on his voice to like give emotion and things yeah. like that. He's not doing it. No and way. I mean, literally, like RJ, there's that story about how, like, as a kid, because he knew he had a good chance of being an NBA player, like, he his parents like literally coached him on press conferences from when yeah, he was like I ten years that. old. Yeah, that's the downside. Is you're never gonna get the truth out of someone who hasn't instilled that deeply in them. 
Exactly. So I, he's like bottom of the list. He's probably the last person on the team that I would want. Wait, can we can we cheat and do Obi and Quirk? Yeah, I mean they would be really fun together. That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, those two together separately. I feel like Obi's definitely higher. Like I actually, so yeah. if I was gonna make a list, I would say Mitch number one because you would get so much funny shit out of him. Yeah. Um, and then some dumb shit so quick, bro. <laughs> yeah. So quick. <laughs> and and then I would say Obi because he's just so nice yeah. and like effervescent. Yeah he's, so, yeah, he's so great. He's such a good vibe, man. I want to yeah. be friends with Obi. And then after him, I would say Brunson, and then quickly. I think I think All that's right. like my top four. Yeah. Yeah. And then beyond that. None of them have ever really given me like huge yeah. personality vibes. It's not like, right. like I'll say that was one thing about like the, that's like way different this team versus like the glory days team of like 12, 13. Like they were all fucking goofballs. Like this team, there's not a ton of goofballs. Like they're all like pros, pros, which mm-hmm. for better or worse, like they're just. <laughs> grow up with the training now, like you were saying, like they know what to do. Yeah, exactly. They're all they're all well trained on this this shit, and they know that like anything could turn into a social media clip or whatever. Yep, so, exactly. um, they also know who's covering them, and that if they say the wrong thing, that it'll get turned into the back page of the post or the Daily News the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you implying that they? No, no, let's not go there. <laughs> I am so. definitely implying that the, the that they're yellow journalism. I mean, that's literally their job. So, um, <laughs> anyway, all right. So another question from Jordan Bob here. Uh, if you have a chance to ask Leon Rose five questions that he has to answer honestly and truthfully with pinpoint precise details, what would it be for each of you? Let's, I, I love Jordan for always asking lots of questions, but Jordan always wants like 20 items on a list. <laughs> so let's do, let's do one question, one big question each that we would ask Leon yeah, Rose. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, good, good, good. Uh, you, go first, you go first. I would if I was going to distill all my thoughts for Leon into one thing that I knew that he would have to answer truthfully. And this is, this is a big caveat, right? Because this is why I always say that like the media wanting Leon to talk is really stupid because they could ask him the most hardball question in the world. And he would literally just like no comment them to death. Like he knows how yeah. to play the game. Yeah, yeah, um, he's not going to give up state secrets or whatever, but if I've got truth serum in him and I can get the answers and everything else, I think the, the number one question that I would ask him would be almost like the almost like the classic like interview question, you know, like job interview question. I would just oh, say yeah. basically, where do you see this team in like three years? Usually the interview question is where do you see yourself in five years? But it's a little different because basketball is such so fast, so much turnover, whatever. Right. My question would be like, where do you see this team in three years and how do you plan on getting there? Um, Because I do think that there's a little bit of, I don't know. I think I have things figured out just through, you know, evidence of what Leon has done so far and whatever, which is basically they want to use their fantastic scouting department to maximize every draft pick that they do decide to make but they're not afraid of just not drafting if their guys have not pinpointed someone that they think is like a really good fit. Um, They have been stockpiling draft picks in a way that quite frankly is reminiscent of like Danny Ainge back with the Celtics, like, uh, you know, just kind of nickel and diming their way to like a ton of medium protected picks, um, you know, that they can use in a big trade down the line, I guess, 
the big differentiator is going to be, are they just going to sit on those until they become worthless like Danny Ainge did in, in Boston? Or are they going to use them to finally make that big splash trade and pull in, you know, some sort of big fish, whether it's Joel Embiid, you know, if he gets fed up in Philly or um, I'm not particularly on board with this, but like Carl Towns, Carl Anthony Towns out of, out of Minnesota, something like that. Like, are they going to make that big move or are they going to just let those picks rot? Do they want to maybe finally just be like, you know what? This year's not working out too great. Let's make up a fake injury for Jalen Brunson. Let's tank it out. You know, let's try to get Wem and Yama this year. We'll see how that goes. And then we can still try to make that big star trade after drafting whoever we get. Or if we get like top five pick, but we're not sold on pick number five, trade that for a star, you know, whatever. Um, that would be my main question for him. Just where do you see this team in three years and how do you plan on getting there? And just yeah. hear that answer. Like literally have him do like the, I think we're taking some Marvel cinematic universe questions in a minute. There's always the, 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 the like story about how like Kevin Feige who runs all that has like this big roadmap slash brainstorming, like whiteboard in his office that he's like constantly writing on and like mapping out the future, like for the Marvel films and stuff. Like, how I would just want Leon Rose to like give him like a blank whiteboard and be like, draw me the plan here. Like make it visual, make it easy to understand. Like, tell me what your plan is here. Cause I'm just kind of mm-hmm. curious. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> That'd definitely be a good one. It's probably, I mean, it's not probably, it's definitely more fluid than people think of it as, you know what I mean? I feel like people are always like, Oh, the plan was to get Donovan Mitchell. Like, mm, no, it's just a, you know, it seems like, get chai when the star comes available like you're saying yeah i think that was the the plan was to get donovan mitchell but right, the, right. the they also had a hard line exactly number that yeah. they were not and willing to hear them and like and by extension right you'd almost get an evaluation of where the current roster is at by like 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 we were saying in the off season where okay you don't trade for mitchell that indicates that you don't think this roster is that close to contending because yeah. otherwise we trade for Donovan Mitchell, right? Like, which I think is clearly the case. So it seems like they've had a good read on it. But I would, I, you're right. I would totally, I would love. Oh my god, what do I imagine? Uh, what do I do to actually get their real thoughts? You know what I mean? Tibbs too, like all these guys. Yeah, I mean, Tibbs is a whole different story. Tibbs, there would be a lot of questions that I could come up with five questions. Oh, for sure. No, but still, just to like hear what the fuck they're actually thinking. You know what I mean? Cause there's just so much stuff behind the scenes and the way things play out aren't always the way they're meant to. Of course. Yeah. You know how, it, you know how I'd lead it off with Tibbs. I'll do like the, the uh, like from the office when uh, Ryan comes back and Kelly's in the back and he's like, okay, does anyone have any questions? I'll be like, yeah, Tibbs, I have, I have some questions. First off, how dare you? That'll just be my first question. <laughs> first off how dare you (laughs) anyway do you have do you have another specific question you would ask leon yeah i would honestly ask for his honest evaluation of julius randall uh because i genuinely i like again i'm not going to go on too much i already said most of my thing but i'm just so interested in like 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 him in a certain sense because he's such like a it's such a weird psychological place. Do you get what I mean? Like being being the star player on the Knicks comes with a level of 
focus that is unlike anything else. I mean, like if you're the start quarterback of the football team, but I don't know, man. There's two football teams, you know? There's something. And there's only one New York basketball team, so it's a lot of pressure. Right. Well, oh yeah, I honestly didn't even think about that. <laughs> like genuinely, I wasn't even doing a bit. I just didn't even consider that. That's kind of crazy. Um, fuck them. <laughs> I would just love to hear because, like, bro, doesn't he? It's so funny with Julius. Sometimes he's like, you can see he gets his energy and he starts running around with like a fucking puppy. And it's like you can see he's about to foul someone. You're like, Julius, calm down. <laughs> and he yeah. immediately fouls someone. You're like, oh my god, you fucking idiot. But also, like, I like the energy, but you need to weapon. Like, you're you're just running around like an idiot. Like, like focus this energy. And of course, the front office has to be thinking the same exact thing, right? So, like, I would love to hear what their read on it is. What they really think. What they really plan to do with him specifically what they really value him as, all that stuff, because they have the real inside scoop there. It'd be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I I would probably add, if I was doing that question too, I would just add on to it a little bit, like trying to add on to like your one wish with the genie or whatever and be like, <laughs> what's your opinion on Julius Randle? And also, what do you think about Obi Toppin? Because you invested a lot of draft capital in him and then it has not seemed like you feel like he's, that worthy of an investment, even though he's played very well on a per minute well, basis. Well, those, so. those two questions are tied together, right? Like yeah. Clearly don't, I mean, it's not that it's not that they don't value Obi necessarily. It's just that it's, it's a shitty situation. We talked about it before the draft, like this guy plays the same position and they're two of the, two of the better players on the team. It's, it's also, it's, unfortunately, it's also that they continue to employ a coach that thinks of, playing those two together is an absolute last resort rather than something that should be like part of the game plan every day. Yeah. I mean, um, although to, to a very slight credit that he's been going to it a lot ever since he first kind of stumbled on it. I don't know. know. It's starting to tail off now. Like now that Mitch is back, I don't think I've it seen it. Hasn't been good lately. Yeah. It hasn't really been working, but that's a whole different thing. Cause yeah, then but, also because of the decisions he's making on how to play that, like how to scheme that lineup. And stuff of that nature, how to play offense in that lineup, so on and so forth. My my whole point with that, though, uh, it has always been that the reason that 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 I believe that that doesn't work, based off of how Tibbs talks about it, is that if you think about how flippant he always is about that that combination, the Obi and Julius lineup, I I fully believe that they don't practice with those two on the floor together really or minimally practice with those two which is why it's such a mixed bag of sometimes it looks really good sometimes it looks really bad yeah it's possible because i just don't think that they even practice it because he's always been like dating back to like the media day this year where someone said like hey are you thinking about maybe playing obi and julius together this year and he's like this is all fantasy basketball we can't play those guys together like okay like yeah yeah, for sure. I mean, they definitely didn't practice it in the preseason. I don't remember that answer, but if they, I mean, if you don't run through it in training camp, it's not like they're practicing a lot during the year anyway. Exactly. Uh, like you're just so, doing like run throughs during the year. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think there's, there's credit to that for sure. And you also, it, there's a, you have a coach in Tibbs that every single year shows, okay, I'm willing to make some adjustments, but only during the off season. And then once the season starts, I'm, I'm making, my changes at the beginning of the well, year, and I'm did, not. He did incorporate that this year. It's just that, like, he 
I mean, that's something, but you still should have accounted for this in preseason. Like, right? There's just no way. Like, I, I don't know that. Not that we're, look, we're we're often wrong, but like, oh, you know, we're also not stupid. We watch basketball and know what we're doing. We know what we're looking at to some extent, and like, this should have been tried before. This should have been part of the plans in the preseason. It's just that simple. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, all right. I think we can move to our next question at risk of, yeah. again, going on too long about some Julius and Tib shit. Um, we'll go back to another question from Jax365 uh, from the Discord. <laughs> if you could assure the Knicks got Wembenyama and you had to assume failed British Prime Minister Liz Truss's 45-day tenure as Prime Minister, would you? Uh, and then list her achievements. She met the queen in all likelihood killing her. Is that a joke or that's a joke, right? The queen, the queen, as far as anybody knows, I don't think had COVID or anything. So no, I, don't, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think that she like gave her a disease. It was just kind of like a kiss of death. Like, right. oh, you met Liz Trust, then you die like two <laughs> well, days later. In all likelihood killing her, period. Yeah. <laughs> um, next achievement for Liz Trust, she tried to give the most significant tax break to the wealthiest 1% in British history. Uh, she tanked the economy, leading people's pensions to be saved. Yeah, I think she was also the one that made the the pound drop lower than the dollar, okay. which was like unheard of because uh, like, all of our childhood and adult life, the pound has been worth like two and a half. Yeah, but dollars. selfishly, that's good for us. Yeah, I'll I mean, go back to that in a minute. <laughs> I'm gonna go va- vacation in uh in London because of this. Um, yeah, so it's great for me. Uh, <laughs> Also, uh, so the other thing for her, knowing Russia hacked your phone and has all your messages up until late August. I haven't, wait, late August. Oh, whatever. Sick, bro. Um, So, yeah, I'm uh, (laughs) going to go ahead and say, so uh, then uh, Jax just finishes with, would you embarrass yourself for women Yama like that? Uh, My answer is yes. Yeah, I was going to no brainer. Yes. I mean, one, I truly don't care what anybody thinks about me, like on the internet or whatever. So I'll just like delete Twitter and just be like, okay, I'll just live social media free um, and call it a day. And then be like, I don't know, the newspapers, I don't fucking read those. So I'll just live my life and keep talking about the Knicks all day. People will probably actually will probably draw a lot of viewership to the Strickland. And <laughs> uh, if, you'll find out if the uh, any news is good is good news. How is it? Any news? Uh, any press is good press. Any press is good press. Thank you. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I'd be willing to test that theory because it would draw eyeballs to us. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, also, imagine if you were like, imagine for a second you were the. British Prime Minister, they'd be like, you'd be like, why the fuck did you guys even let me do this? Like, this is your fault, not mine. I would throw on like the most like disgusting New Jersey accent and be like, (laughs) just absolutely milk it. Yeah, just be like, (laughs) like, why in the fuck am I even here? Like, what are we doing here? (laughs) How did you people get me here? Yeah. Throw on like the Tony Soprano, like even yeah, though I don't have an it, Italian bone in my body. Soprano impression. <laughs> the whole time, the whole fucking time. That's it. That's all you do. And do they then, have any? Then, do they have any like like high ranking uh, uh, government people named named Christopher there? I I assume yes. That seems I, like a poorly safe guess. And fucking, I, I would need that just so I could go Christopher. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, who are you? I've never met you in my life. What's going on? Just go up to him like Tony style, like grab the back of his head and like, like touch, touch foreheads with him. Be like, 
it's okay, Christopher. I'm going to take care of the government. <laughs> I think you're it's a fun. Russian agent trying to assassinate him, but you're not. You're just from New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. And wait, final, final bonus, as if you needed this. Do you know how much money they make as a PM? That's what I was about to say. That was going to be my final I point. It, when I saw this question, I Googled it immediately, and the answer is 161,000 pounds per year. Sick. I mean, and also, yeah. like, if we're assuming that I get to assume all of her tenure, do I also get to have whatever money Liz Truss has for that amount of time? Because, like, I'm sure she has lots of money. Uh, now, that's an interesting question. I don't know. You'll have to ask Jax. I, I think she was she was a conservative British politician, which means She's probably rich as fuck. Definitely rich. All politicians yeah. are rich, but especially conservative ones. So you want to strip club in England, bro? Yeah, I, th- I think I'm ready to go. I'm ready. I'm ready to go give this a shot. So yeah, let's get crazy. You got 45 days. Who do <laughs> I? Who do I get to sign the uh, like sign the dotted line here to make this happen so we get Weminyama? Yeah, they bring it to the strip club. They you can make them do whatever you want. You're the PM. <laughs> so wait. <laughs> Wait, what? Are we- no, like the paperwork that you need to sign, you can be at the strip club spending Liz Truss's money. Oh, okay, cool. You don't actually have to negotiate it. I I've assume. Like, I, I've like never really understood the appeal of strip clubs, but sure, you and I can go. Oh, I haven't either. I'm just saying because you have rich money, like you got to go do something with it. What else? That's like do? the thing to do with it, I guess. <laughs> All right. Food. Okay. Yeah, I'll go to a nice restaurant instead. You could do both, Alex. Okay. You could do both. You might, I'd probably buy a lot of drugs to be completely honest. So 45 days, it's a long time. Yeah, I'm not a big drugs guy, but that would be kind of fun. Then we could be like, then we could be like the, uh, what is it? The, the president of uh, Sweden, I think. Does he do a lot of drugs? It's actually she. And uh, she is like our age, like only a little bit older. Really? Uh, Yeah. And she apparently like, she's like a early 30 something, like attractive young woman that like Did likes you say to... Sweden or Switzerland? I think it's Sweden, if I'm not it mistaken. Not <laughs> I assure I just Google person of Sweden. It is not a okay look up, a look up oh, Finland. Oh, Finland and, hang on, hang on, hang on. Look up Finland and Norway also. It's oh, one of the Scandinavian countries. I think down in November, I think it says this might be Finland actually. So you're all right, I, I'm gonna figure this out quick. Finland president. Nope, not Finland. So is it Sweden? Or no, I said Sweden initially, so that would leave Norway president. I'm going to Google female Nordic president. It's Finland. You just Googled that. What are you doing? Dude, you suck. It is Finland? <laughs> it seems like it. Oh, all right. Well, whatever. Anyway, I, I, I Googled Finland president and Sally Ninisto showed up unless did he yeah. like just she's also not his- blonde so you're i think that makes you a racist dude wait what <laughs> i'm kidding <laughs> i thought you said blonde at some point i did not I maybe, maybe i'm the racist jesus oh no i i oh, i no. don't know i think the the one that i'm thinking of maybe it's like denmark's on i don't know i thought it was one of the scandinavian countries anyway talk, bro. let's move on <laughs> the, anyway the- <laughs> yeah, we're moving up Long story short, there's a there's a younger woman president in Europe who catches like endless shit for the fact that she lives her life like a normal early 30s person and like she like parties with her friends and shit on the weekend and like 
dances awesome. and has a nice time and like got into some shit at one point because she was in a video and there was like someone in the video saying like, where's the cocaine or something. <laughs> and it, and she was like, I don't do cocaine. Like I'll submit to a drug test. I was somewhere where someone did cocaine, but yeah, I wasn't doing right. cocaine, yeah. but like all the, been somewhere where someone is doing cocaine at yeah. some point in their life. Come on. But like all of all the like conservative people, in her country are like, yeah, she, she does nothing but party. She's terrible. Blah, blah, blah. Like yeah. how sure dare someone enjoy themselves in their early thirties while things. being the president of somewhere. Um, yeah. so yeah, anyway. Uh, all right. So moving on to our next question though. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we'll take the Liz trust deal all day. Uh, but this is another question from Jack's three, six, five, which three Knicks players, staff or front office personnel does this apply to? Uh, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Dude, do, do I mean, we need to share what that's from, right? Is that is that from the Taylor Swift album? I haven't listened to it yet. Yes, it is. Come, oh, my God, bro. Come on. I might actually be seeing her in concert because my one friend. What? Do you know really, how much those tickets cost? I mean, they're going to be a lot. Yeah. My wife really wants to go, though. Gonna? Do you have it? There's like a whole. Oh, my God. This is. This is well, very Patrick Star of you, bro. I do like know. I do know. There's the whole thing with the Ticketmaster and all that yeah, shit. Like they had to put off the sale. The ticket from this, I believe, because people tried to buy these tickets and they're like instantly gone, and now are going for like some absurd amount on the secondary market. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I don't know. She'll probably just add more tour dates to like try to accommodate more people. So you would hope, but yeah. mm, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Regardless, yes, it's Taylor Swift. Anyway, so what what three Knicks players, staff, or front office does this apply to? It's oh, me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. That's actually a great question. Very topical. Good job, Jax. Tibbs, number um, one, obviously. Yeah, Tibbs, Randall, and RJ. Jeez. Yeah. Is there anyone in the front office you would even consider for this? Honestly, no. I think they I, – I, again, like I don't understand what people really expect from the front office. I'm not really sure. Like there are little things here and there that you could – quibble with for sure i'm not saying they're perfect but on aggregate like i, I don't know guys again the goalposts have moved so much remember when we started before all this was like just don't trade any picks don't just don't like they haven't traded any picks they haven't traded any young players i don't know what to tell you yeah i would just say i guess maybe if i can make the front office as a whole uh like a an entity which the u.s government says is allowed um, you know, like a, a business can count as a single person as it okay. pertains to like political donations and is stuff. That for this season only, though, or is this in general? Because I assumed actually, and now I'm rereading the question. It does not say this season, but yeah. my assumption was this season. So now I'm going to just say in general the front office, like just because my only thing is it does seem like there is like because. Leon made an effort to surround himself with so many people that he trusts that has, I think led to too many voices in the room some of the time. And it seems like there's often a lot of like indecision between like, should we, shouldn't we, whatever, like, but is this all like that? a giant democracy in there? Like, I don't know. Where do you get but, that impression? Well, whenever you see stuff about like um, who the Knicks wanted to draft or whatever, like worldwide West normal. And also, like, do do we really think the Knicks front office is leaking all that? I don't think they're leaking it necessarily. I think it's just stuff that that has like lightly come out, like after the fact, just being right. like, 
But hey, could it like, also be a manifestation of just doing the right thing, which is so a good leader, especially in business, listens to ideas from other people, even if they don't agree with them, and entertains them to some extent, right? You're like, oh, should we draft Obi Toppin or who the fuck out like Devin Vassell or whatever? And it's like, oh, the Knicks considered Devin Vassell and Obi Toppin. And maybe they thought it was Obi the whole time, but they did. You know, they had a conversation about Vassell, decided it wasn't it. Is that indecision or is that being smart? I would argue that's being smart. Yeah, I mean, it's being smart to a degree. I just, I worry a bit that sometimes there's too much indecision in the front office. And I don't know who has Leon's ear more, but like there's certain decisions that the Knicks have made that the the main thing that, and this goes back to the fact that Tibbs is the number one guy that I think is the problem, but I feel like there have been some decisions that have been made that were made with Tibbs in mind. And that makes me question like, okay, like why did you not listen to like Brock Aller a little more? For example, I think he listens to Brock Aller on certain stuff like the, like, okay, let's make this deal on draft night to get three protected picks going forward because then we have, you know, more ammo to go after a star or whatever. And like, you know, it mostly seems like he listens to like Walt Perrin, who knows what the fuck he's doing, scouting and everything else. But we also don't, the reality is we don't know. Like, we assume that these people are tied in with these certain decisions, right? Because it fits their profile. Like, oh, okay, so anything having to do with uh, a young player developing, like, like Cam Reddish, do we attribute that to Walt Perrin? Or do we attribute that to, uh, to uh, Brock Holler? Here's what we do. We attribute it to the person who made the decision knowing the strengths and weaknesses of his team. So you say, okay, we're dealing with a young player. Maybe I want to give uh, Walt some uh, extra clout when we're making this decision. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's that's good leadership because you can't know everything. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, without being in there, who knows? It just right. – from the outside, sometimes to me it seems like there's too many opinions in the room. Like, And I guess – it's on Leon to then sift through those and be the ultimate, yeah. the ultimate judgment maker. But I sometimes have questioned like certain things after it comes out of like, oh, this was like what the decision was, and this is the decision process that went into it according to this sure. report or whatever. It makes me question a bit, like, okay, is is he listening to the right voices in the in the front office or not? Um, but I mean, you know, well, time well, will tell. So, that. To, to boil this down, do you, do you think that? he's listening to wrong voices because i don't really think so i mean they're not perfect but Eh, i think they're in a much better place than they were when these guys came in here i definitely think that's the case too i mean the brunson thing is a huge coup like that's been that's been easily their biggest move it's like oh fucking nepotism look at what nepotism did for us (laughs) yeah nepotism (laughs) can be great sometimes how bad would this team be if jm brunson was not here nepotism kind of got them quickly too and topping like yeah exactly i mean i love what they do from a draft perspective uh by right. and large i right. really liked what the knicks See? have done See? um i i think it's more just the the commitment to the veteran players and stuff and like allowing tibbs to play them when i think the main and this again comes back to tibbs like they're trying to give him autonomy but at a certain point if i'm leon rose i would go to tibbs and be like hey buddy Sun's got to change here. Like, start playing these younger players more and stuff, or like you're out. And do we, do we know that didn't happen? Well, it's it feels like it's change. It feels like it's maybe happened a bit this year, which right. I think Tibbs is kind of like coaching for his job at this point. But I wish it would happen earlier. Like, I mean, sure, that's year. fair. That's fair. But you know, you got also need. It's complicated. That's all. Yeah. That's all. Uh, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, 
I feel that. All right. Uh, let's go to our next question. This one also comes from Jax365. Uh, are the Knicks in the worst position in the NBA uh, as far as mediocrity level? Not good enough to win lots, not bad enough to lose lots. No, uh, no the Bulls are. <laughs> I don't know. The Bulls are losing more than the Knicks are, aren't they? They don't have any picks. <laughs> They're terrible and they have nothing. Uh, right, but like, fine. I think we're this fine. is, I think this is strictly talking about like talent level, like, I, I like, guess, but that's so, like, you're looking at a snapshot when you should be looking at trajectories. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like, you're, like the the direction this is going has been encouraging to me. Uh, yeah, aggregate, regardless of the individual, like, yeah, there's always ups and downs. Like, RJ sucks all of a sudden. Okay. That's new. Uh, he was really good last year. I don't know. What happened? He's, he looks kind of fat. Okay. Uh, he'll probably be better next year, but he's not right now. But still, on aggregate, that was counterbalanced by them bringing Brunson. So now, you know, now the case is, hey, if things work out and RJ takes a step up, now you got Brunson and RJ playing real well, and they're already a 500 team with RJ being shitty. You know, there's, there's, there's stuff here. I don't think, I don't think they're in – in a bad position at all. I think they're fine. Yeah. Hard. I, like, this shit is hard. Yeah. I guess if you, yeah, I guess you kind of have to factor like what's their ability to get better. Yeah. And there exactly. are a lot of teams that are in worship. When I look around the league, dude, I, this is always like, this is such a platitude, but it's also the truth. You need one of the top five guys. That's the reality. You watch Giannis play basketball, and it's like this man, it's not that. It's nothing uh, like the guys around him are, are fine, but like look at Bobby Portis, right? Bobby Portis, all of a sudden, you're like, oh, this is one incredible role player. It's not because of Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis is the exact same player he was. It's because he's on the team with fucking Giannis, who breaks the game, just like Steph Curry, just like prime LeBron. You need to get one of those guys. That's it. How do you plan on doing that? Well, it's really fucking hard. There's like five of them. Yeah. So, you know, if you don't have that, uh, you maybe get a flash in the pan, good season here and there. You try to build up some depth. That's what they're doing, right? Is that any different from what we're seeing? Uh, I mean, not really. No, I mean, it's. I think, yeah, I I think they're building towards something. It's just, I do feel like there's, there's rightfully like a little bit of, uh, I guess unrest like in the fan base about like. Okay, you finally got your point guard, but like, why is the team not drastically improving now as a result? And I don't think they have. Like, I if I was a betting man right now, I would bet that the Knicks there would be like an, a seventy percent chance they end with the exact same record as last year. Which oh, they're gonna be better. I'm gonna call my shot right now. They will end up better than last year for sure. I'm gonna say yeah. as of right now, if they don't replace Tibbs, to be clear, if yeah. things stay exactly okay. status quo the rest of the year. What was the record last year? 37? 37 and 45, I think. Yeah, that'll be better than that. I don't think so. Uh, excuse me. I think they'll end up exactly the same, Sorry. which would serve to be kind of disappointing because at that point it would be like, how have you guys not learned that, like, to your point, you need to get that game breaker at some point. Like, my hope would just be if they're hovering in that general range by, like, the all-star break, like, I don't know, four games under 500, five games under 500, something like that. Like, throw in the damn towel. Like, I just don't think that's what they're going to do. They're just not going to do it. Right. They they probably won't, but they should. Like, that's the whole point. Like, this is the lesson that they just never learn, which is 
every other team in the NBA, once it reaches a certain point and there's like sort of that, like you have to have like your like decision day, you know, where you say, okay, we're going to take the temperature of the team on this day. And if we think there's no real shot of doing much this year and we don't feel like we're meaningful or let's put it this way. We don't feel like this team is like meaningfully progressing, you know, in terms of culture or whatever you want to call it, you know, and, and also that like, if we explain to everybody like adults, like, Hey guys, we're going to lose some games because there's this guy named fucking Wenbenyama that's available in the draft this year. And we'd like to get him. And we think that could help us a lot as a team. So you guys have to suck it up. You really think the Knicks are going to be able to even let's even let's pretend that they did that. First of all, are they as bad as the worst teams? They could be if they start doing. If they they sit Jalen Brunson and who else? I mean, who even mad? The other guys aren't even that good. They have to. They would. I mean, they they would have to jump into the mud with like the Thunder and all the other teams that sit their players for like with like fake injuries, basically. And so you're just fake injuries for, for like seven different players and, sure. and you're going to sink to the bottom and, and sure. that is going to be, uh, that's going to get you a what percent chance at him. I mean, even if you can, let's say that, let's say that the Knicks are hovering at around where they were last year, you know, by the, by the trade deadline or whatever, like the 11th overall seed, like just outside of the play in or whatever, you know, but like still not realistically looking like they're even going to make that 10th play. Be, so the three teams in the East that would still be worse than you go. Four teams would be Charlotte, Detroit, Orlando, and what, like Washington or something. Charlotte, what? probably if it okay. stays true to form right now, so, it'd be Detroit, but Charlotte. Like those teams will also be doing the same exact thing. So you're talking about all the teams bottoming out the same rate. Like this, right. this is not, so, so you're talking about, the eighth best odds at be- at best, and this is assuming that they're they they do not play five hundred ball the rest of the way. They play, uh, you know, thirty seven percent ball, and it's looking bad and dire enough. And don't forget that you start to play the tanking teams, so you get wins from them, right? So like, I don't know. I don't think it's ever going to happen. And honestly, I think that's fine. I really hate the, the tanking shit, to be honest with you. And I think there is a level of this that does not go unnoticed by players who want to choose to play somewhere. Like, do you really think that people don't go to OKC only because it's OKC? I think that, yeah. I think that if OKC continues going the way that they're going and if Shea Gilgis Alexander still seems happy there, which we all well, just kind of well, keep. Well, exactly. Exactly. So if they don't win the lottery this year, okay. Well, we all just keep as Knicks fans thinking, oh, Shea's going to get fed up with that at a certain point. But clearly – Sam Presti is laying it out in such a way for Shea Gilgis Alexander that he feels fine with it. And well, we say that now, but he's under contract for such a long time that maybe he's just playing his hand. He signed just, that contract. Like, he still has things to gain there. He's still improving. He hasn't if, reached. It, he had he been have to play his hand early. Maybe his agent is just being smart. So he had been on. He, he had been on a tanking team for like two years prior to being eligible for his extension. And yet, still took the rookie max extension. But this is this is what always happens. This is always it. This is always how it goes. They want the money, understandably, as they should. They should get the bag. Worry right, about it well, later. I'll just lay this out there, just just so you can see. So, if the Knicks reach that that point and decide, hey, you know, maybe it's a good idea to, you know, 
just tank at this point. They have so if they end up where they were like last year, you end up with like just under a 10% chance of jumping into the top four. If you can get yourself to the eighth or like, let's say like the seventh or something like that spot, you give yourself about a 30% chance of jumping into the top four. So like if you consciously lose a few more games down the stretch, you can potentially like triple your odds of getting Victor Weminyama, which I think if you already know your season is lost at that point and you already know who Jalen Brunson is as a player and you already have Jalen Brunson signed to a contract for a lengthy amount of time. And Jalen Brunson, we just talked about earlier in this episode is like a pretty well adjusted dude that seems to understand like how basketball works. I think you could very reasonably say to him like, Hey dude, we're going to trade Julius Randall and you're going to come up with a hamstring injury, quote unquote, for like five weeks. And we're going to see how things go. Maybe, but then quickly playing quickly has been really good. So this sure. is what I'm saying is like, uh, you know, um, I don't think they're going to be that bad, even if they, they go that route because they have depth. So unless you plan on sitting literally the entire team and playing a seven man rotation of G league players, which, okay. I mean, if you want to do that, do that. But that is what OKC does happen. after it's all. It's literally never going to happen. That, that, no that is what other teams do in the NBA and have never been penalized yeah, for it. And, and have reaped the benefits of it. And I hate it. And frankly, this is why when the Lakers got LeBron, I didn't really care that much because the Lakers, at least, you know, they're fucking trying. Yeah. They ain't pulling some bullshit. This OKC shit, I hope to God that they don't win shit and Shea leaves and they have another 10 years of dog shit because they deserve it. I would this love is, that too. It annoys me. This is dumb. I hate it. And is uh, I would like it to be legislated out. And that's it. I would so love that too. I don't see it though. But I'm it's not gonna it. it's not gonna happen. And if the Knicks could play the game this year and they end up with Victor Wembanyama as a result, I would gladly put that all aside and say I'm good with it. Um, anyway, speaking of things that I'm all good with, I just want to quickly remind everybody that today's show is brought to you by. DraftKings Sportsbook and the NBA season is heating up and there's still so many unknowns. Uh, let's see if I was trying to think of a of a far off future bet, maybe betting on the MVP would be an interesting one right now. Betting on the the NBA champion. I feel like that's super up in the air. I was just looking at the NBA standings when we were just talking about what teams would be below the Knicks and like I know it's like 20 games in, so I guess like it's only like a quarter of the season, but I can't remember the last time there was this this much parity in the NBA through the first quarter of the season. Like mm. a lot of teams that are like two games above or below 500. So pretty intriguing stuff as far as uh, betting choices go. And when I'm looking to get in on the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to Draft. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. And I love the DraftKings Sportsbook app. I use it all the time. It's it's quite frankly, it says to like discuss my experience. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I've been using that app for a long time. So it's a pretty great app. I love same game parlays. Uh, it's probably the only bets that I really do because I like to make wild uncut gem style bets and see if they pay off. Like, oh, I'm going to bet $5. And if these like seven things hit, 
in sequence, I will win like 150. Um, but I don't win a ton. I'd mostly just do it for fun. If I was, if it was on catch gems, I'd definitely be shot in the head multiple times by now. Anyway, download the app now, sign up with code TBPN. And if you place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game and get, you could get $150 in free bets if they do. That is code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, we're back to going through questions here. Zach, we got to speed the hell up, dude. We were like, yeah. oh, Matt's, Matt's not going to be here. We'll get through these questions so fast. We've gone on so many freaking tangents. No, we've had good We've had good debates, though. There's it's been good, good debates. Good, 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 good questions, content. too. We do have to move it up. Good, good tent. Premium <laughs> yeah. tent here. All right. Yeah. But our next question comes a uh, few more from Jordan Bob here off Twitter, at Bob Jordan. Uh, trivia, since 2000, only four Knicks point guards have had three-plus games of 30 plus points. Can you name all four of the Knicks point guards? Question was originally provided by Knicks Muse. So give them a follow if you had a chance. I'm probably going to have to go find Knicks Muse right now to figure out what the freaking answer is here. Uh, but let's make our guesses first. I don't fucking know. Since uh, 2000? Is Raymond Felton really one of them? Because I feel like he is. I mean, uh, so Starbury has to be one. Yeah. I'm going to assume, I mean, we'll I'm going to assume that this includes Brunson. So, Brunson. Does Frank Nilakina count? Frank kidding. only had one 20 plus point game. Obviously, so. kidding, Alex. Um, <laughs> Come <see>. on, bro. <laughs> Alfred Payton. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Felton, maybe? Felton definitely had some 30, some 30 burgers during. Uh, Did, uh, does Lynn count? Did he have. 30 that many? Three times? It's not that many. Although, while he was here, he had the one. It was the Lakers, right? Was I think Lynn did have three 30 plus. Yeah, that was part of Lynn's sanity. Yeah, I definitely, he definitely had three. Yeah. So it'd be Lynn, Lynn Starbury Brunson. So then it's just who's definitely wasn't Prigioni. He wasn't kid. Definitely wasn't Um, kid. I'm trying to think, was it like some weird one like Duhan? Yeah, I don't, I don't think so, right? Duhon was mostly an assist man, so he right. definitely – I don't think he did. Oh, Nate Robinson? Oh, it was probably Nate, yeah. Well, there's four, so that seems like the four. That would be the fourth, yeah. So I think that's yeah. that's got to be it. All right, now I'm going to go find Nick's Muse and see if we're correct okay. here. Uh, stall, Zach, stall. Okay, uh, I'll read the next question. Which is more likely to happen? Evan Fournier – oh, this is also Jordan Bubb. Shout out to Jordan. Which is more likely to happen? Evan Fournier getting traded without a pick to him, I assume to any team really. So without a pick, uh, or D Rose getting an unprotected first round pick in return for him. So like D Rose going out for a first round pick, or Fournier getting shipped out for uh, nothing. The Knicks not sending anything out, as in not a salary dump. I think is the implication. Uh, neither of these are likely, but Fournier going for nothing is way more likely than Derek Rose getting an f- unprotected first round pick. That is just that is that would be clinically insane. Like it would never. D Rose so fucking watched. It's kind of sad to see. Uh, he's done so. Wow. All right. Before before I get to my answer to this question, are you ready for how? Oh boy. Absurd. The answer to this is. Okay. Go. So we were wrong with Lynn. It was not Lynn. Brunson, Marbury. Good call on Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson is number three. I do not remember this at all. I cannot believe that he had three 30-plus point games. Are you ready to hear who this guy is? Yeah, I'm excited. 
Emmanuel Moutier. What? <laughs> Moody. He did, I remember he had that game against the, I want to say it was the Jazz where he hit like six threes. It was like the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Uh, so that was one of them. I forgot about that until right now, actually. Man, he that's like, wild. Like a clutch three, like on movement. Like I, I don't even have words. Um, Spoiler, David Fisdale did get him right. <laughs> he, he did get him he right. Did because he was out of the league the next year, right? He so, got him. Yeah. He got him right for the Shanghai Sharks. That's what. He <laughs> um. Anyway, to get back to the the next question here. So, what's more likely to happen? Fournier traded without a pick, or D Rose getting an unprotected first round pick trade? It's it's for sure. Okay. Fournier. Yeah. Yeah. Rose is going to get an unprotected I mean, first round, pick. and also that's never going to happen. But. No, I mean, maybe LeBron's like, give me Evan. Maybe. I mean, I I feel like, I I feel like maybe you could get, you could possibly, if they're just crazy enough, you could get an unprotected first from the Lakers for Fournier and D Rose while also dumping Westbrook. Although it seems like Westbrook is like sort of figuring it out a little bit. Yeah, well, it turns out that everyone saying you should come off the bench was right. Wow, imagine that. <laughs> yeah, and like he and LeBron actually sort of have like a little chemistry now, which is weird. Yeah. Like when they yeah. were ready to like kill each yeah. other. Imagine that everyone knew what they were talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Imagine so, that. yeah, I would say it's almost more likely that they would be in tandem and it would net a first round pick rather than yeah, I like I, I don't. It's also, not going to happen, but you never know. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, I think. I don't know. Both seem pretty unlikely to me, if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, all right. Uh, next question from Jordan Bub. Uh, if the Knicks were able to get Wemby in some sort of miracle, i.e. the NBA rigged it, what would his presence on the roster do for the entire organization? Who would have who would have come out of the summer league and would that player be on the roster next year? Oh, out of oh, who would come out of the starting lineup? Sorry, I was reading SL as oh. summer league rather than oh. starting lineup. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the, when I think traffic, my my brain immediately goes to summer league first. So. Yeah, I thought the same thing. So who would have to come out of the starting lineup, and would that player be on the roster next year? I think what would end up happening would be, I bet you they would do sort of a um, try to like rip the the Cavs formula, and they would trade Randall still have Obi coming off the bench, but they would have Wemby start at the four next to Mitch. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, I don't think he starts the five to at least in the beginning. Yeah. Because he's too thin to start with. So he would, he would be like Mobley, but I bet it would actually work quite well. And they would just be like, fuck it. We'll just stick with this. Like, so yeah, that that's that answer to me. I think I would be Randall would be traded and, and you, if he wasn't traded already and you would have Wemby, uh, play at the power forward next to Mitch. And then uh, what would his presence on the roster do for the entire organization? I mean, I don't know. Good things. Yeah. I mean, what, nothing bad could possibly happen well, as far well, as his better presence. better knock on fucking wood for that one, buddy. I mean, I guess the, the bad <laughs> thing. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> the bad thing would be he gets hurt right away or something. Or but. he turns he turns into like, like he's a horrible person and does something really just shitty. Yeah, I guess that's true. Well, do not challenge that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. There's a lot of things that could happen, but in general, unless some like like one percent outcomes happened, it, it would be nothing but great. It would do. Oh, yeah. 
he'd be a new face of the franchise, like from day one. And hopefully it would work out better than like Porzingis or something. Um, which he, uh, you know, he seems like a good kid. He seems pretty well adjusted based off what I've seen about Wemby. So Mm -hmm. he's already kind of like the next big thing and he knows it, but he seems to be taking it in stride, which is good. So, uh, it would be a good thing. Yeah. I mean, no matter what you get the number one pick, it's always a freaking good thing unless you fuck it up somehow. But if you take Wemby, you're not overthinking it and you're not fucking it up, like passing on Luca or something. If he bet it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, in hindsight, I think about it. Uh, I know. I was just thinking in hindsight, like that draft just sucked, didn't it? Which one? (laughs) The Anthony Bennett draft. Oh yeah. That draft was terrible. Yeah. I mean, I guess the only guy that you could really have said, like, oh, they should have taken him was Old Depot. Well, and then, and even then, it's like he had one year. Right? And then, like, obviously the best player to come out of that draft was Giannis, but, like, that was just a masterclass right. by the Bucks in getting right. him. And- just lucky. Just fucking lucky. That's what I mean. That's what we were talking about before. Like, you, if you're the Bucks, you're shit, except you just got lucky at 15. Yeah. And, like, he turned into, like, an all, like, an all-time great. You just, yeah. okay, great. <laughs> Anyway, all right, let's move to our next question. So this comes from uh, Bomber BCM in the Discord. Uh, which of these things are the most frustrating right now when watching Knicks games? A, Julius forced ISOs. B, RJ missed drives when he doesn't kick out. Uh, C, missed defensive rotations leading to wide open shooters. D, Ooh. possessions where the Knicks give up multiple offensive boards because they're not boxing out. For Ooh. me, it's easily C. Oh, Mr. yeah. I, I'm glad you at least went something different because I'm going D. Uh, mostly because the other three are, I'm like so used to. They're like, it doesn't, like, Julius isn't ISOing as much, I don't think. I'm pretty confident that that's borne out in the stats. I could be wrong, but that's my eye test. So I like if he does it, eh, whatever. Uh, RJ doing RJ shit. Okay. We've seen it a million times. I'd like it to be better. Uh, the rotations are frustrating. <laughs> But it's also it's not even really the rotations, right? Like it's, I mean they, they're all, they're fucking defense. It's just, it's just a fucking disaster. So if we go to that, yeah, that's also that's just annoying. Yeah, yeah. I I I just say the missed defensive rotations, just because in the wide open shooters, for the same reason I said earlier. Like I just think, I think that's just like the most backbreaking shit for this team Mm -hmm. is when like this team does do a pretty good job. Sometimes even with how terrible they've been at shooting threes, they do a pretty good job of like building up a decent little light, little lead and being like, okay, we're up by like eight to 10 points, like sick. And then the fucking defense, just the the scheme again, it's schematic. Like where they're just like, we're just going to play the averages and assume that the threes aren't going to go in except for they're giving up wide open threes, which go in exponentially more than not wide open threes. And like I looked at the staff for Locked On Knicks. This is like a couple weeks old now at this point. But uh, if you if you look at wide open uh, three point percentages by team in the NBA, like twenty seven out of thirty teams or twenty six out of thirty teams or something like that shoot league average or above uh, on wide open threes, and the best teams shoot like 44% on wide open threes. Mm -hmm. If you, if you can test even like what they consider like an okay contest or whatever, like two to four feet, uh, that number goes down to like only six teams shoot above league average on contested, like lightly contested threes, not even like smothered threes. So 
yeah, that that's just part of what makes it. Tibbs is always like, oh, I, I look at the numbers. I'm like, you don't look at the fucking numbers. You just don't because you, yeah, you they, constantly. They also are 27th in defensive rating. And yeah. that's despite being ninth in opponent's points in the paint. So this yeah. is what you're saying. Like, yeah, you're, you're, they're not scoring the paint. Great. You're top 10 in that. But at what cost, buddy? Yeah. At what yeah. fucking cost? Because uh, nothing else is. This is terrible. 114.4 defensive rating. Disgusting. Horrific. Anyway, all right. I think we can move to our next one. This, this question is just going to keep making me angry if we keep talking about it more. Yeah. Although that was that was the whole point. I mean, Brett was literally asking what's the most frustrating. So hopefully yeah. we answered it well enough. But I enough negativity. Uh, yeah. Villain Villain X wants to know how how do you know that Locked On Knicks was my first listen today? That's part of it. That's our little thing that we always have to say at the beginning of Locked On Knicks. Um, uh, the answer is I know that Locked On Knicks was your first listen because you love me so much. Obviously. Um, and you want to hear my dulcet tones greeting you as the first podcast you listen to every day, your team every day, uh, right. locked on Knicks. So yeah, that's the answer to that. All right. Next question. <laughs> Thanks Alex. <laughs> You're welcome. Next question comes from Zan Rosen. If you got to fire Tibbs, but had to replace him with a former Knicks coach from the past decade, would you, and who would you replace him with? Yes. Wait past decade yeah no no think about this for a second because i was like i don't think i would i'm extending it to past 11 years i would he fucking said decade on purpose i know is that to purposely take d'antoni out of the equation i assume although i i can't know for sure 10 years ago was woodson's first full season so because that was the 12 13 (laughs) season so guess what it's tempting to say Mike Woodson, but remember that he also did not go to Mel at the four until he was forced to. No, yeah, I'm bending it, and I'm going to say Dan Tony. I would want Dan Tony. <laughs> no, this is bullshit. Accept it. Tim's is the best coach for the last ten years. Okay, let's put it this Accept way: it. ten years, <laughs> no; eleven years, yes. I'm bringing back Mike Dan Tony. Okay, fair. Yeah, I'm that's why. Do you you agree with that? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, sorry, sorry, Zan. That was a short answer, but that's that's the basic answer. I mean, the rest of the coaches are just a hot pile of shit. Um, <laughs> steaming. So, so hot steaming, steaming pile of shit. And I mean, Woody had oh. his moments, but he had so many of the same issues that Tibbs has of being too stubborn. Yeah. The East is big, man. All that shit. Although Fuck I will out. say, Woody like just kind of was like more fun, you know. Woody was definitely more fun, but fun only goes so far when the team's losing, right. and they would definitely be losing. So, because Woody just, I don't, although, I mean, I do think that the Knicks had a little bit of a decline once Woody left the staff last year um, when he got hired by Indiana. So maybe he's kind of adjusted with the times. I'm sure that he probably, I mean, he interviewed for the head coaching job too, and apparently wooed them enough to have them hire him as an associate coach. So I don't know. Uh, Maybe I would take Woody, but I would sooner than go to Woody, I would just fire Tibbs and hire someone completely brand new. Whereas if if you could tell me that the Knicks could fire Tibbs and hire D'Antoni tomorrow, I'd probably say like, yeah, just give it a shot because I still think D'Antoni's got something to offer to the NBA. Like that's a guy that consistently evolves with the league and has always been good at like spotting the next thing to take advantage of and make your team better. So I would definitely hire D'Antoni back. Um, and the Knicks were quite frankly kind of stupid for firing him the first time, if we're being honest. Although I guess it had to happen because you trade for Mello and they cl- so clearly did not get along play style wise. But I think the decision there would have been like Mello 
you play with this guy with Team USA, like figure this shit out. Like he's a really good coach. It, it, you can make it work if you just change how you play just a tiny bit. Um, anyway, all right. Next question comes from Jax365 again. Uh, I heard that the strict dot land is inquiring about buying Manchester United. Is that true? This is absolutely correct. We'll uh, we'll see you all soon in the UK. We're buying Man U. It's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, who isn't Bezos trying to buy Man U? I don't know. We're gonna outbid Bezos if yeah. Bezos. <laughs> Is even trying to do it. I don't know if he is, but we're we're gonna outbid him. It would actually work out better if he's not bidding on it, because then we could be like, oh, we're definitely gonna outbid him. We'll put five dollars in. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all right. Uh next comes the nerdy questions. So this one also comes from Jax365. Uh Zach, I'll throw this to you. Try to keep it a little bit brief. Uh, I have oh, not watched this yet. Me. <laughs> yeah, you fucking will. Yeah, I have not watched Andor yet, so um, keep it spoiler free. Spoil. Too. No, I will not spoil anything. Uh, so, well, let me let me ask the question. So, Jack three six five says, yeah. "So, is Andor the best piece of live action Star Wars since the original trilogy?" Yes, it's not close. Um, that's it. It's not close. It's so, but it's also it's completely different, which is why I think it's hitting so well with people in part is because I know a lot of people like myself have always wanted something that felt much more based in reality. Uh, even though Star Wars is more of a, like it really is more of fantasy than sci-fi. Uh, it's not really sci-fi at all. Like A New Hope is just like, it's like a fucking fairy tale almost. It's, it's like kind Western. of ridiculous. It's yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like this isn't really meant to be taken seriously, uh, which is unfortunately... What the internet does is takes this shit too seriously. But that said, I, I did also want to see like a serious take on it. And I, I know we've talked about this before where I wanted to see different, like you can do different genres in the Star Wars universe. It's fine. We've definitely talked about this on the pod. And, and what is it? This is, this show is four separate arcs in 12 episodes, each of which is its own kind of subgenre that still works within the framework of this it's like a character-driven show. It's like a. It has incredible acting. It has incredible writing, bro. The the most compelling parts of this are two people talking all the time. There, I don't want like the. There's barely any action in this. Honestly, there's twelve episodes. There's barely any action, and I don't fucking care because it's so compelling. There's there is the one of the most recent episodes had two of the best monologues I've heard in like anything. It was like just straight up incredible, and it's and it's about the realities of a rebellion. This is not, oh, oh, I'm a fucking farm boy, and oh, look, I know how to fly an X-wing, and I'm gonna fight the bad guys. Look, I blew it up. Woo, party time, metal. No, no, no. There is torture. There is people dying unceremoniously, constantly. This is a, it is a depiction of an actual fight against a fascist regime with no punches pulled. It's fucking fantastic. And yes, it's the best piece of live action Star Wars since the original. And I, I right now, I have a hard time not putting it above Empire. Not above Empire. On, on like a similar scale to Empire. It's that good to me. It's so fucking good. Yeah, I've uh, I've heard similar things from most people, honestly. So I'm inclined to believe you. Yeah, I am very excited over, to watch it. It's Hmm? You gotta. It's there's a. It's a build up. I'm not saying it's. It's not slow, slow, but there is a build up. They have to. 
you have to care about the characters and they know that and they take their time. I mean, but when you start to get to like the back half, like the back six, it's so fucking good. I mean, it, I have it, for so long wanted a series just like this anyway that explores yeah, like the the everyman side of yeah. Star Wars. You need to watch this ASAP, dude. I'm telling you, it just finished this week. The finale, they absolutely fucking landed it. Bro, do you know you know how much they hate Star Wars, right? Like, I, I'm going to stop here because we, I, I don't want to get into spoilers, and I just want to make the point. This, the final episode of this show has a currently, I think, a 9.5 on IMDb. Uh, and that... And the entire show is just going up and up. And remember, people were mad about it in the beginning, as they are with anything. Um, so this shit landed. Like, they they were riding it along, and the whole thing is like, okay, let's see how they – can they get it all the way? And they fucking did, bro. And I honestly cannot wait for you to watch it. Yeah. Because I'm a little jealous that you got to experience it for the first time. Yeah, I'm really excited. I, I I don't know what it was about this show in particular. Maybe just because I had some other shows I had to get through at the time, but I was kind of just like – I don't know that I want to do the week to week thing with this yeah. right now. So I was just like, I'll just wait for it all to come out. I, I haven't done that for too many of the Disney shows, if any. Um, but I was just like, you know what? This one, I'll wait for it to come all the way out. And then like my wife and I want to watch it. And we were like, we'll just like binge it together one weekend or something. Oh, yeah. yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll figure something out. But yeah, do the first three at one time, though, because the, the first three are much shorter and then they were released yeah. at the same time. On yeah. Perfect. Yeah, well, I'm I'm very excited to to watch the whole thing, but we'll get to the next question here, though, since you gave your your monologue, yeah. I, oh, successfully yeah. hyped me up. I'm I'm very ready yeah, for it. Yeah, that's right. Um, another one from Jax three six five. Actually, you know what? Let me just real quick. Unfortunately, we got one from Zan Rosen here uh, from the Discord. Thoughts on Wakanda Forever? Neither of us have seen it yet. In a weird yeah. twist, I have not seen the latest Marvel movie yet. Uh, just. I started a new job recently uh, and have had the Nick stuff going on and my wife and I have been busy and not been able to like find time to go see it in the theater together. So I have not gotten to see it yet. Neither of you. So unfortunately we're going to have to table that one until next time. Probably better though. Cause we can get Matt in on that too. Cause I know that he'll have some opinions. So uh, Zen mm-hmm. w- remind us next time we put out a mailbag solicitation in a couple weeks to go over that. Um, but this is a more general MCU question from Jax365. Uh, was the film side of Phase 4 a disaster? Only Spider-Man and Wakanda Forever were the best films. The rest were mad to bad. Uh, so I went back and like looked up all the, all the Phase 4 films and apparently lost my tab here at where I did that. Um, but I like... Would you like me to read them to you? No, no, it's fine. I can do it. Uh, so, but I would kind of push back. Like, I don't, I don't really think that they were bad per se. Uh, the only one that I would say was like actually like bad, bad uh, was the Eternals, I think. And that movie was just like, it took for granted that you would care about the characters and didn't do anything to earn it. Uh, which is like, if you're going to introduce an ensemble cast like that, like you can't just be like, oh, here's these characters. Like you care about them because they're in the MCU. Like, no, it just doesn't. And like the story wasn't compelling. The stuff they had them do didn't make me like really feel for the characters. Like even 
the stuff that was supposed to hit, like with a big emotional hit at the end, never hit for me. Yeah. Um, shit. I just, I found that it was just not good. Um, giant piece of shit. Yeah. And that they wasted a lot of time developing stupid stuff like the Circe and um, Icarus, uh, uh, you know, romance or whatever. And like showing like all that stuff when it was like, you could have conveyed all that in like one scene and instead spent all that time doing that and like basically ignoring all the other characters uh when like uh gilgamesh and uh thena was like a way better love story anyway and they like barely gave it any time um so yeah that movie kind of sucked um but other than that like i don't i like i didn't hate the other movies like other people did i guess i don't know like i think I don't know. Like if you were going to, so I found the list finally, um, phase four so far. Well, so it's not so far that black Panther was the final one in phase four black widow, uh, Shang Chi and legend of the 10 rings eternals, Spider-Man, no way home, Dr. Strange, multiverse of madness, Thor, love and thunder and black Panther Wakanda forever. I can't pass judgment on black Panther yet, but I mean, if I was going to rate them, Black Widow was good. It was just too Black late. Was not good, Alex. Stop it. It was good enough. Don't do this. No. It Black was too Widow late. Was it was just too late. That was the problem. Too late? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, my God. No. I almost want to make you read my letterbox review of this fucking movie because it was so bad. It is so bad. This movie sucks. Black okay. Widow is the worst parts of Marvel. And I will fight you. <laughs> All right, we're just gonna leave you up on the in the fucking sky, and nothing will happen to you. Okay, you're standing right next to an explosion. Does that ring any bells? Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, (laughs) I can hear it in your voice. You know exactly (laughs) what I'm talking about. (laughs) I mean, it was over the top, but it was my main my main gripe with it was that they made it too action movie when they should have made it more espionage. Like, yeah, uh, no shit. Yeah, like Winter Soldier. Oh my god, it was terrible. Yeah, (laughs) I mean. It was not the best, but I love David Harbour and I like that performance. I thought um, uh, uh, Florence Pugh as as Yelena was fantastic. So, like, I thought some of the performances outweighed the fact that it and like Scarlett Johansson, I thought still was great as Black Widow. So I thought some of the performances outweighed the fact that, like, it was a little on the cliche side as far as action Marvel movies go. Um, but we can we can disagree on that. Do we agree that like I thought Shang Chi was a pretty fantastic movie? I liked it. I like yeah. it wasn't like ground like it, it didn't really resonate with me, but it was good. I I enjoyed my time with it, which is I will say of these movies. I mean that's good news. <laughs> yeah, I mean I think Eternals, I fucking hated. I thought it was really great. I thought that they did a good job of like representing an Asian American superhero and, you know, telling like a cool story that was unique Mm -hmm. to the experiences that an Asian American superhero might have. Um, I thought that, Oh, that was, um, Oh my God. Aquafina, right? She did not belong in that movie. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, she was like the, she was like the, like 
grounded, crass, whatever. Character. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She was Aquafina in a Marvel movie. That's yeah. It. it was like it was like how everybody says that like The Rock was just The Rock in Black yeah, Adam. Like she exactly. was just Aquafina. Yeah, exactly. Which but, did, that did not belong. I mean, Aquafina is going to be definitely be back though in the next one. Oh, so get oh, ready. No. <laughs> um, but uh. Uh, like I think my only gripe with Shang Chi was that it started off this amazing, like honestly the choreography in that, like the fight choreography in that, I think is second only of anything Marvel to this point, second only to the Daredevil TV show. Oh yeah, honestly, yeah, that was actually a really uh, strong point of the movie. Yeah. That first fight was amazing. Cool as shit. The first one, first one on the bus, and then the second one up oh, on the. Oh, I was talking about the. Uh... The when scafolding fight, right? When oh, fight that fight too. That fight was great too. Yeah, that fight was fun. That one stuck in my head. But like, the, that, it was like beautiful. It was like yeah. they were dancing. It was super cool. And the the scaffolding fight was fantastic. Oh like, yeah, yeah. That movie definitely had some dope fights. Which is uh, most of Marvel fights are boring and dumb. Yeah, I'm gonna be real. Like they're so, just not. So like, those are like my favorite type of Marvel movies where like they take a different genre and sort of riff on it. Yeah, and yeah. make it Marvel. So like this was like like Winter Soldier is one of my like Pantheon movies because it was like they made like a Marvel Bond movie, sort of. Right. Um, you know, like like Thor Ragnarok was like a comedy that was yeah. also yeah. you know an awesome movie. Same with like Guardians. Uh, you know, like uh, different stuff like that. So I like those ones that sort of like bend to different you know, genre, like actually we'll get to it in a second, but like Dr. Strange, I thought was kind of cool. Cause it like was like the closest thing you'll ever get to like a Marvel horror movie. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, sure. so like, you know, I, I think I just, I really appreciated that they were like, we're going to take this and we're going to do what it should be, which is we're going to make yeah. it basically a Kung Fu movie. And my Kung only- Fu movie. Yeah. And a lot of, I actually, the problem more so is that they didn't go far enough. Yeah. My only, that was what I was going to say. My only complaint is that like they ended it with just like a overproduced CGI dragon exactly. fight. Exactly. Uh, which but- is, I, I assume what, I mean, I didn't like that. It didn't make me hate the fucking movie, but I assume no. that's one of the things people disliked about it. I think the move would have been you could have just had the dragon, you know, the the dragon fight going on as one thing and have Shang-Chi and his dad fighting on the side and still had your Kung Fu. Word, word, Alex, Jesus. Yeah. yeah I don't know. But anyway, so I, I think that movie was good to great. Uh, not like a Pantheon Marvel movie, but definitely not bad. I think it's just gotten kind of forgotten at this point because it was, you know. It was a whole year ago at this point, but it feels like a century ago because of how many movies that have come out. Um, Eternals, we already went over. That was bad. Spider-Man was amazing. I mean, I think people have already tried to like sour on it now, like a year later, be like, oh, it was only cool because of the cameos. It's like, yeah, but the cameos are fucking amazing. Yeah. And and I I didn't, I have not watched the other Spider-Mans as an adult and I still liked it. Yeah. Even with the camera. Like, I, I don't. I didn't know any of the inside jokes. I still liked it. Yeah. And it was a fantastic movie. So uh, Doctor Strange, again, similar to what I said about Shang-Chi, like I didn't think it was perfect. I thought actually it would have benefited from a slightly longer runtime, like to be able to give a little more exposition on certain stuff, particularly stuff with like America Chavez and stuff. But like 
taking like the horror movie elements that they did with Scarlet Witch were like freaking yeah, awesome. They didn't go far enough. They didn't, but they can only go so far. I mean, think about I mean, this. Well, yeah, that's why. But that's why people are are getting tired of it because right. like, they don't go far enough. But so, but like, this was. I think that this movie was the best. Like, if Doctor Strange wasn't like a core Avenger, like a PG thirteen Avenger established, I think they would have let this go farther. But I think this is a pretty good indicator for me of like. Okay, I feel all right about like the new Daredevil TV show that's going to be rated R. I feel pretty good about Dare ad, about a uh, Deadpool now that's going to be rated R. The movie is just so bad that it's, yeah. like I don't even I just don't even remember it well. I saw it in theaters. Like I don't care. Well, the uh, things the things not. that I'm pointing to that are way more over the top than you would normally do. The the part when they're first in Comertage with Scarlet Witch, where she pulls out like all the horror tropes, like coming through the mirror, like breaking her yeah. body into like yeah. Like, but the, honestly, I didn't even care about that because that at least was like they were really leaning into it. Like they let Sam Raimi do his fucking thing. Yeah. That's dope. But so was that was sick. Weird. But the the whole movie was on the premise. So stupid. Yeah. I mean, like, what, like why? The, if I'm, I don't remember exact motivations, but didn't it undermine everything that happened in Wandavision? No, it was it was a direct continuation of Wandavision. It was uh, it was she. That, that's a, so they're, they're saying the conclusion of Wandavision was that she's completely broken because that was not the impression I got from Wandavision. Oh yeah, I mean Wandavision. So she she beats uh, Agatha Harkness, right? Dumbass, and, funny. Ugh. Right. And, and ends up with the dark hold. And then, you know, she sees her, her mind version of vision go away and her kids go away and it started driving her nuts. And then she took the dark hold and the final that's that's thematic. See, but that's the thing that's thematically against what my read on WandaVision was because WandaVision to me, and this is why I get like WandaVision, this is the Marvel shit. Let them do not Marvel shit. WandaVision was not Marvel until the last episode. I mean, you remember, you remember though, at the the very end of the post credits. It's about grief. This should it should have ended with her with them disappearing and her being okay with it because that's the entire fucking point uh, based on what you did in the show up until then. So for her to then just lose her fucking mind really undermines the entire point of WandaVision to me, and that's insulting and dumb. And also, uh, the movie still is mid even without that. Completely forgettable. Doctor yeah. Strange. It's a shame too, because the first one's good. Anyway, as far I, I feel you, I guess. I mean, I thought it was okay. I, like Wanda's always been like a very like up and down like roller coaster of a character, like as far as she how she really reacts to things and whatever. She a character. She's kind of like did she really flesh out that much? Not really. She's been in like eight movies no, now. In, yeah, no, no, no. But being in it does not mean you get characterization. I mean, you're, you're telling me in Age of Ultron, she got a new character. The movie was, that movie was fucking horrible. They've dedicated <laughs> a lot of screen time to her. Like Age I, of Ultron, know, she got I tons know. of screen time. And yet, and yet, can you name me a character trait of hers? Yeah, she's, she's extremely reactionary. Like, very, like, runs hot and cold. Like, definitely. Is that, is that because of some motive? Actually, let's not go down this road. This is going to, no, no, no. We have to. This is like a whole other. We got another Marvel yeah, podcast coming at some thing. point. Yeah, yeah. This is a whole other thing. Anyway, the grand, the grand point I wanted to make was that they pushed the limits of what they were willing to put on a screen. Like, having Black Bolt's mouth go away and then have his head fucking cave in, like, on screen. I'd never thought in a million years they would do that. 
on a Marvel screen. Um, having the the uh, Captain Carter get sliced in half by the shield, even if they didn't show the shield slicer in half, they at least showed a bloody shield and her like getting fucking sliced. So like, that's pretty cool. Um, way more, like the, the part with uh, Mr. Fantastic or like unspooling him. And then like also coming up behind professor X and just like fucking snapping his neck like that. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, pretty brutal shit. So it, it lays the stage well for like Deadpool. I feel a lot better about Deadpool, which is one of the most important properties that they have to me in the next uh, phase of everything. So, um, and then uh, uh, the last thing with that movie. Oh, the music note fight was like one of the coolest fights in the entire MCU. Oh, yeah, that was cool. I love that yeah. one. So I thought that movie was pretty good. Thor Love and Thunder, I think, has been way too hated on too. Yeah, it's mid. It's not as good. But it was not as good as Ragnarok, but it certainly does not deserve to be the worst reviewed movie in the history of the no, fucking MCU. No, like, it's classic overreact. Like, what did people, I, I don't know what people expected. Like, it's better. It's yeah. just going to be the same thing again. Yeah, it's going to be funny. That's it. Stop overthinking it again. I just feel like the only thing with that movie was short runtime. I would have liked like 20 more minutes with Gore the God Butcher. That's it. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a cool character. And that would have made that that would have made that movie way better. Christian Bell is fantastic. Yeah, of course, as you would imagine. So I I think ultimately my, my overall take on the MC right now is that they put together one of the most impressive things ever in movies reaching the point that the high that they did with infinity war and Endgame, And I think that that is now sort of set the bar too high for them in many ways to now where if there's just like an okay, fun popcorn movie that doesn't reinvent the wheel that comes out from Marvel. Now people are like, what the hell? Like there's only like two characters in this movie. And like, uh, I think people are just bored because they do the same thing over and over. And I'm speaking for myself. Yeah, it's not I'm, that. It's not that if they were creative, I have no problem with it. It's just like how many times? Like, what the fuck? How are you making movies like Eternals at this point? Yeah, well, that's the main thing. That's the main thing that I don't think there's any excuse for anymore. Like, they have so many resources, they should never put out yeah, a flat they, out they, bad you, movie anymore. See, dude, like you can see, like we were saying about WandaVision, you can see that they're like they have something. They have a creative, interesting really cool premise that a creative person put together and then the, you could see the studio execs literally walking in and be like we need a fight at the end we yeah. need a fight we have to have this fight and it feels so out of place and bad and that felt like a metaphor for where it's at right now in general yeah because like we're shang chi we said the same thing it's everything's great until they get into the big marvel big dumb fight and then it's like okay you know you you missed it you had it there and then you fucked it up yeah. And hopefully they start learning from those things. And they I think they have started with the TV shows more so yeah, than TV shows, exactly. exactly. With the TV shows more so than the movies so far, learning that like not every conflict has to be potentially world ending. Yeah. Agreed. And there could be small scale conflicts that are still interesting. Right. Um, so hopefully they learn from the TV shows and, and can yeah, start well, translating that. So Marvel probably should will too. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. But anyway, uh, on to our next question from James Cameron Reddish. What is your favorite James Cameron film? (laughs) Uh, Terminator 2. Did the name come first or the Cam Reddish part? And then he's just like, is James Cameron? I Well, there was a Clyde emoji after that too. So I assume this is like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Oh yeah. Okay. So we're just like, my name is James Cameron Reddish right now. What's your favorite James Cameron movie? 
Um, I think this is normally enemy wave on Strickord. Uh, Terminator 2 is my answer. Period. I'll make my case for it. It's just, it's an awesome movie. It's a fucking awesome movie. And it holds up really well. Even the special effects somehow hold up. And I generally hate special effects from movies in the 80s and stuff now. Like I can, I find many movies from the 80s like basically unwatchable now because they thought they were hot shit at the time. And like the special effects were just such garbage that it makes the movies like laughably bad now. And I'm like, oh, my Xbox can put this out on like a really bad day now. Um, But yeah, T2. T2 awesomely put together movie super fun i i think it's t2 for sure all right i'm gonna go with aliens of the deep is that like a real answer or? <laughs> i mean it's a real movie you made it's not a real answer i haven't really seen any of his movies i get terminator yeah sure okay all right so I jackson i don't care oh true lies was fucking hilarious i was like that Okay, well, there you go. That movie, with, someone made me watch that recently. I was fucking dying. I'm glad that so funny. I'm glad neither of us had any love for Titanic. So that's the most important thing. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure Titanic's probably the best one. If we're being real, I don't know. People, I haven't watched it as an adult. TBD. Whatever. Yeah. All right. Uh, next question from Jax365. Following up on the previous question, which is your least favorite James Cameron film? I, I don't even. I don't fucking know. I have literally never seen it to this day, but I will say it's Avatar. Because why? Because it was so fucking hyped because people just got like drawn in by the 3D effects and convinced themselves it was an awesome movie when in fact it was actually just a fun visual experience. Uh, Really been holding on to this for a really long time, huh? Yeah, and basically, I, I had to be like thirteen or so. It feels like an eternity ago. When does movie it, come out? It was like ten years ago, dude. You were like nineteen. <laughs> Twenty. Oh, okay. bro. I thought I googled when did Avatar come out, and it says December eighteenth, twenty twenty six. No, what? it was obviously that's not what I'm asking. You fucking idiot. Two thousand nine. So yeah, two thousand nine. I remember when that came out. It was like my first year of college. Thirteen years ago. Yeah. So we old. Yeah, we are old. It's even more absurd that the sequel is now only coming out 13 years fucking later because James Cameron had to like, you can't come up with an original idea. Um, Yeah. James Cameron had to jerk himself off that whole time about how great the first one was. Um, Sure. Yeah. I I don't know. I think it's, I think it's hilarious that James Cameron, like he does have some great movies to his credit, but Avatar, he holds up as like his greatest achievement ever when literally he just ripped Pocahontas and made it with blue cat people. Well, it was probably, I'm assuming he says it's the, the, his most favorite because it was groundbreaking in a certain sense. Not I mean, yeah, but the, the hilarious thing about James Cameron, unlike like a Martin Scorsese or something where I'm like, I could sort of respect it if you want to like hate on movies like Star Wars or or, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, whatever, like Scorsese will be like, oh, those movies fucking suck. And it's like, okay, you make like gangland films, whatever. Granted, you've also been kind of making the same movie for like 20 years straight, but whatever. Um, Don't tell that to James. Don't tell that to James. But, um, (laughs) but like, it's just hilarious. Like James Cameron will be like, those movies are terrible. They're not true art. Like my movies. And it's like, bro, you made, you made Pocahontas with blue people. Like, calm the fuck down you're not making true art here like 
<laughs> wow, rude. Let's not get into that. Car. Oh my god. True <laughs> art. True, true art. This is the man who said fucking Black Widow was good. True art. <laughs> true art. Like Black Widow. James Cameron could Black never. Widow. <laughs> James Cameron could never. I need you to like lean into this forever. <laughs> Black Widow is the bit. We're going to do our next MCU ranking, and I'm just for laughs going to make it my favorite one. No one's going to laugh. They're going to really just question your sanity, but I appreciate your commitment to the bit. I'm going to commit to the bit. All right. All right. Uh, it's we've now reached the time. It's not super robust again. We've been a little disappointed with these questions lately, but it's now time for Nick's mail that bag after dark. By the way, it's not really after dark. It's just I don't have a classification for these questions, and also it's James. All right, you just ruined it. I have to put in the sound effect now. Oh, all right. After dark. Hello, ladies. Okay, so now... What the fuck are you doing? I put in a sound effect. After dark. (laughs) After dark. All right. uh, These come... uh, These these three questions that we will surely do very quickly come from our good buddy, uh, James Marcita, who's going by our beloved Jerry Garcia in the Discord right now. First off, do we live in a virtual reality? Yes or no? Maybe. Uh, I've thought about it a lot. Um, I'm it's pretty possible. I'm pretty well on the no side, but who's Stay to say? Case, Alex. It just doesn't seem plausible to me. <laughs> That's the wackest answer you possibly could have said. Sometimes you just got to go with your gut. Oh, it doesn't seem plausible. They said to Galileo, you fucking dummy. So they oh, said to God. Galileo. Think about that. All right. Well, the second I see something glitch in real life, then I'll change my mind. But do you know what deja vu is, Alex? Haven't you seen the Matrix? What are we doing here? Jesus, educate yeah. yourself. All right. Well, this leads into the what next question. <laughs> this is the next question from James: What is "quote unquote" real? Wow, that's deep. Your perception. I don't know what is real. What is real? Well, is real defined as something that you can? you can uh, take in with your senses or is it not? Is it not real because you don't observe it? Or are are feelings real, even though you can't touch them and can't are, uh, I don't know. Other things real. I don't know. I'm trying to get philosophical, but I don't fucking care. It's also a gangstar song, isn't it? Hold on. (laughs) Is it? (laughs) Maybe it is. I don't know. What is real? I knew it. Yeah. Okay. Right, 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 right. Okay. Sorry. Good song though. Check that out if you haven't heard of it and you're still listening to this podcast. What else? What else? What else what? Uh, can we talk about? Is it real? Is is is, is real? God real? Is, is God? Oh well. Is well, religion real? Is it, well, it's real. It's real dumb. Is it if it's <laughs> if it's real to some people but not others? Is it still real? Yeah, it's still real. Of course, that's what real is. Just so that's such an open, vague term. That's why he's doing this. Yeah. So you put it in quotes and he likes to antagonize. So, yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, next question, Zach, did you watch come and see yet? No, no. Okay. He gave me that recommendation and I, I do listen to recommendations, but if I don't know where I can watch it, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. So that's like what I've accepted. Like, okay, you want me to watch that movie? If it's on Netflix Hulu or one of those, one of the big four, it's not happening. It's, I'm not torrenting shit anymore. 
There's too many movies out there. It's not happening. But this one, someone sent me a link to it. Uh, shouts to, I think it was Hug Life. Shouts to him and also James. So I will watch it at some point. All right. Cool. Sweet. Uh, all right. Another question from Jax365. Uh, I got shamed in the strict court for eating a whole pizza to myself. Am I in the wrong? Um, I love this because you come to the right people. <laughs> yeah. I say absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah. That's if, impressive, honestly. I used to eat. I mean, I'm past these days generally now, but like I used to eat a whole like medium Domino's. Like Domino's doesn't count. That's not really a full pizza. But I, I but I mean I mean to say I used to fucking house a medium Domino's. Oh, like no, I was gonna say I bet you could eat two of those. Yeah, I mean back that. back like in high school, I would like easily eat like one and a half of those to myself. Yeah, um, it's not it's not like real. It's like fucking yeah, I don't even know. It, as it as it stands today, I mean, if we're just talking about just like a cheese pizza, like if I'm real fucking hungry and yeah. and I mean, this is me showing portion control. I will be like, I'll only eat like four slices of plain four, cheese. Yeah, pizza. I was gonna say four. I I've eaten four when I I'll, don't eat all day and go to the gym and pick something up on the way home. Four easy, dude. I will I will casually throw down like five cheese slices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, those were specialty slices. Do not yeah. get it. I'm out here. I'm balling out. This is not a cheese slice, especially if it's like a weak, like a very thin type of pizza. Like dollar pizza, bro. How much dollar pizza could we house? Oh, dude. I yeah, I mean, I used to, I used to put down three of those when I worked in the city. Like, yeah, I bet you weren't even full. No, it would be like just enough for lunch. But if I was yeah, like exactly. mad hungry, I'd be like, wow, I could definitely eat like yeah, two exactly. more of those, but I shouldn't. <laughs> That's an easy six, and if you prepare, I bet you could get eight, no problem. Yeah, I could for sure eat a whole a whole cheese pie to myself at a hundred percent. I could definitely do that on the right day. Like on the right day, I can eat anything. I mean, there used to be like there was this burger place near me that used to do this like one pound burger quote unquote challenge. And I literally went in there one day. I was like, This is a this is a challenge. Like, are you fucking kidding me? I went in there. I, I fucking annihilated that thing in like 12 minutes. And I'm like, Yeah, that's no, that's these people are dumb. Yeah, people people just don't understand what it's like to be a big dude with an appetite, you know. So, yeah, feel right. feel pride in that, Jax. Don't let them bully you. I, I no. wish I was next time at me in the strict court. I haven't been in there enough lately because, like I said, I started a new job and shit lately. So I've been trying to stay focused on that. But but bring me in next time. I'll I'll come defend your honor for eating a whole pizza. Um, all right. Next question. I mean, this is kind of I don't know how this is gonna work considering uh. Uh, considering it has a photo helper, I, I guess I'll try to describe it. Uh, Jax wants to know which empty urinal are you choosing? If you refuse, the other guys can pick for you. So it's you have to scroll down. It's set. I know. I see it. It's seven yeah. urinals, and it's so someone is at the first one, then the empty second one. Two people are at urinals three and four, and then empty five and six, and then uh, urinal seven has someone at it so there's like occupied empty two occupied two empty occupied i mean there's no right choice here yeah well there's a wrong choice is it is the wrong choice to go in between the two people yeah although that's like the one you do if you're like really asserting your manhood you know yeah i would definitely out dick i would pee from two feet away I would probably go to the last one on the right next to the guy at the very end. Yeah. Just because then I'd be like, okay, well, if he leaves, then I've got my clearance on both sides. Correct. Yes, exactly. Just play the numbers game. 
Although, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I think. Well, but you're also there's an argument to be made that you're fucking it up because if the middle person leaves and you're in the third from the right, then you're all evenly spaced again with one toilet in between everyone. Yeah. I mean, really, already someone already fucked up here. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Middleman is an asshole. Yeah. Like he should have made it. But then, then it's like if you walk into a situation where they're all evenly spaced with one in between them and you really got to go, like, do you just wait for someone to move or do you no, just go in there no. and fill one Although, of the Honestly, bro, I get stage right and then I start getting nervous, which is funny because like no one can see if I'm peeing or not. <laughs> are, are you a nervous peer and a nervous pooper too? Uh, no, I'm actually not a nervous pooper. And generally, I'm okay, but just sometimes in these, like, weird, I don't know, certain situations, I'm just like, oh, no, here we go. Yeah. I guess I'm not peeing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a I'm a nervous peer and a nervous pooper. I hate public restrooms. I especially hate... Nervous pooping. You're like a squirrel in the toilet. Like, no, I seriously am. Oh, like, if I was at work, like, I used to have, like, a semi-secluded, like, work bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, But it was, like, like, because there just wasn't a ton of people in the office. But it was, like, four stalls and, like two urinals i think and like if i was in there taking a poop and like like someone came in i just like a lot of times i just like stop pooping oh i get it oh i get i get like being yeah worrying about like dropping one and people knowing those are your shoes yeah and also just like then you hear like the like and it's like oh i don't want anybody to hear that at my office we have a specific poop bathroom so whenever i go there i know everyone knows so you just have to get used to it (laughs) yeah that's that's pretty great i'm sitting for like 20 minutes keep it yeah (laughs) yeah i'm i'm definitely i do that too so yeah but as far as this question it's a tough one but i think i would take all the way to the right in this tough scenario is that where you're at too uh yeah i don't fucking know yeah sure whatever throw a dart throw it throw a urinal cake and see where it lands um that's how you pick people are peeing with no hands too it's disgusting yeah disgusting absolutely absolute heathens in this bathroom in this photo uh all right uh so final question from zan rosen what's the best thing you've eaten lately non-thanksgiving final question here Ooh, alex's mom oh come on (laughs) jeff take it to that place I don't. I honestly cannot remember. I would eat. What would I fucking eat? I don't know. I'm. I'm gonna completely duck the last part of the question with the non Thanksgiving and just say like I really enjoyed Thanksgiving because I went bullshit. He literally um, explicitly said non Thanksgiving. I'm only gonna say that it's this is okay because I had a non traditional Thanksgiving. So, oh god, are you gonna say meatloaf? I'm gonna fucking murder you. I'm gonna drive to New Jersey right now and murder you. <laughs> no, it was actually, um, so my my mom and my stepdad always go to my godmother's house, it's like my mom's oldest friend and like her husband, and go do Thanksgiving there. And they've done that for the last few years now, along with like some of my godmother's like uh family. It's like mostly their just their two parents and whatever. Um, so this year I was like, Oh, I'll come do Thanksgiving with you guys. And they did, um, they have for the last couple of years to avoid cooking done uh Jewish deli Thanksgiving. And so there's like this famous deli in, I think it's Edison. And I believe it's called Harold's, um, that makes these like comically huge portions of everything. So they make like a Reuben that, literally goes in like an entire fucking casserole pan um like a big like you know like the like like 
aluminum like chafing dishes or whatever that you put like chafing over a sterno. Mm-hmm. No. Well, like whatever. No, whatever, like an aluminum, like big ass, like cake pan kind of. Sure. Um, so they'll make a, a Reuben that like goes in one of those. Um, and then like matzo ball soups with like matzo balls. They're like the size of like a fucking like cantaloupe. <laughs> um, and what was the other, what was the other thing they had that was like super huge? Oh, like potato pancakes are like fucking enormous. And like this knish that was like the size of like a football. Um, so I went over there and I had Jewish deli Thanksgiving. The, uh, Reuben was fucking amazing. Like we literally for the visual, you chopped it up almost like a meatloaf or something. Like it was literally, it was just like piled like eight inches high. And you just like kind of cut a slice for yourself of just like pure meat with like the cheese on top and like the, the, um, uh, uh, what's it called sauerkraut and all that in it. And then like they gave you like extra rye bread. So you could like make a little smaller, more reasonable sandwich out of it. And, uh, and all that. So it was pretty cool. I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. So I also just really love good, like pastrami and corned beef. So that was, that was solid for me. Okay. Sounds good. Very, yeah. I mean, I approve. What about you? What's your, what's, what's your most best thing you've eaten? I don't know, dude. I honestly cannot remember what I've eaten. Chipotle. What's the Chipotle? Honestly, Chipotle always hits, bro. I got that shit down for science. Um, I made some food this week, but it wasn't that good. Oh, I had some bomb. We had a thanks. Oh, this does not count. Uh, ooh, does it count? Thanksgiving potluck at work? It wasn't really Thanksgiving Day or it was like, and and the food was butter chicken that someone made, which is obviously not a traditional Thanksgiving food. So if you get to do your fucking thing, that's my thing. Cool. That's fine. Chicken, none, some biryani. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> I had I had some Indian food recently too. My wife and I have discovered this Indian place kind of close to us that makes really good food. That's like super oh, authentic good. and yummy. Oh, it's, good. it's been good. I'm such a white person though. I have to get like oh, God. certain stuff. I have to get the mild. Other stuff I can get the medium. Like like oh. tikka, chicka tikka. I could get the medium. Tikka or tikka. Sorry, I always say tikka. I don't know what it is, but I know it's not bad. It's Tika, Tika. Yeah, I always say Tika for some reason. Mostly because I read it for so long that like I, I read it, but never actually like like I know. heard it said by someone I correctly. Know. Listen, I know I know people at the Indian restaurant are laughing at me when I'm ordering that shit. So yeah. you know, I'm just paying it on line. So. But yeah, it's Tika Masala, Tika Masala. But um, at any rate, had that and and that I can get like medium, but that's about the best. Oh, of it, but. it makes me shit my brains out though. I'm yeah. Anyway, they got that heavy cream in there. Uh, this, this is a great. If James made it to this point in the podcast, this is a great chance to throw in a soprano. It's like it was the Vindolo. <laughs> um. Anyway, all right. So that's it for this edition of Nick's Mailbag because I got to go record a locked on Nick's now because my life is just podcasting over and over and over again. Uh. So thank you all for listening. And his mind. Everyone help him. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that <laughs> oh my god Alex get some help <laughs> I will I will uh, my my help will be coming back to see your smiling face in two weeks so Along with I, not actually seeing your face but hearing <laughs> hearing your smiling face in two weeks 
along with uh along with hopefully matt who will be done with his uh syphilis uh infestation by then so all right uh until next time thank you all for listening and we will talk to you all soon be sure to check out the dug bag next week but until next time peace out everybody and thank you all for listening You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.